podcast number 159, and Dexter's going to say I screwed up the intro, but I nailed it. 100%. <laughs> not a single mistake happened. You'd, you'd think we'd figure this shit out by 159 podcasts, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> Every time something else pops in. I this can see you guys giggling in the background, like, <laughs> like pointing like, at each what, other. What just happened? No, no, I didn't I didn't touch it. I just put my hands yeah, up. No, I, I didn't touch yeah, it. <laughs> I know. I can see Carrie giggling and be like, oh, boy. You knew what was coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this so, is what happens when people want us to start on time. We get all flustered, and we make mistakes. So we're just gonna be late from we now on. We purposely made it three minutes late just so people yeah. wouldn't get that <laughs> we expectation. We were ready and raring to go, but here we are. Um, so once again, your host Kerry Kreitz, Dexter Wiseman, Daryl Bradley, and our new host Tyler Tickcat. Welcome to the show. Um, we have a. What do you want to call them? Central Canada guests today? I think we'll uh, we'll let them wait in the back for a little bit. We had a big youth choice event up in Edmonton. How'd that go, Ty? How was it? Uh, it you was play? an excellent tournament for the zone. And that's what we're going to leave it at. Because scores mean nothing. Everyone had a great time. And that was something. Was there prize payouts in this event? Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm looking at the seats differently or wrong or something, but the two bottom teams, you have Adam Weber in last place. You have Tyler Titcat in second last place. And then you flip the sheet around, and who was in first place? Who did win? You, did the, you? I Congratulations. Won the, I won the junior division. I won awesome. juniors, yeah. Well done. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a good time. It was a really good time. Yeah, it was it was it was funny that first shift looking around and watching Weber struggle and Tyler struggling and Brad struggling and I'm just like, what is happening? And we're like, okay, our men's team for the for the open is like pretty solid for the most part. And I'm like, man, I hope I hope some people look at these stats. Why do we have Kemper? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, Kemper's the guy now. That's for sure. But. It was a good time. Uh, the senior shift turned into a shit show for, for us. Yeah, That's scores sure. weren't super great for seniors, but I Ty, I mean, I bowled with you all day on that Sunday morning, and I don't know if I've ever seen you, like punch and splits and multiple <laughs> aces. It was just, it was like you were on the middle, but it was just like missing the middle has never been my problem. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting watching. Like a guy couldn't really put out a hand anymore after that. I mean, <laughs> oh God! You were a two two oh five average, and I was like, "Sorry, I'm just gonna go and keep shooting here." It was yeah. over two, and that's yeah. what mattered. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, seeing when, you're, when you're struggling bad, you just hope that you're not sub two hundred average, because then everybody points that out. Yeah. If you're just yeah. a little bit over, people is like, "Oh, you had a bad day. Scoot it off to the side. Move on." <clears throat> Senior division, I think, was Curtis Dunas. Yeah, and uh, Brianna Haskam. I suppose I could bring up stats. We could do that. Sorry for the barking dog here, guys. We got nobody home, and if I close the door, she's just going to scratch at the door. It's but all good. She's just barking at the door. So We're used to having Tim on podcast, so it's basically the same thing. <laughs> right up there, yeah. Yeah, Curtis Dudas and his partner, Brianna Nystrom, won. Curtis threw really well that last game, too. Honestly, he started out really hot, and I thought he was going to like I thought he was going to get a 400 for sure. He was the, probably the best I've seen Curtis release the ball, so it was good to see there. Um, speaking of the best I've seen from people, congratulations to our average pro Henry, almost yeah. shooting the perfect game. They're the 448. 
448. Pretty yeah. amazing. Pretty awesome. He was so quick, I couldn't get the uh, the live stream going on it fast enough for the first shot in 10, but buried the first one at 10. The second one at 10, he, he had good fingers on it for sure because that was like square on the front face of that head pin. Boom. And I was like, holy cow, here we go. And the third one was just just that that tweener like real thin shot on the left side um, could have been could have gone could have gone but uh, great shot it was pretty awesome to see. He said that was his first four hundred. Yeah. That's, awesome. That's cool. Really neat. Took down Daryl's lane high. On 15, oh, shit. Yeah, but it was only three ninety or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Well, well that was that was week before. one of this year too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 Um, Stetler are one of the WCBT's main sponsor, Heartland Bowl. They had a little scratch and handicap tournament, eight game tournament on the weekend. It was no tap for everybody that uh, seen the scores, but Jen Baker took it down. And then uh, Greg Gigalak, Anthony Street, Shauna LaPerry, Lesney, and Brandon Coburn. Oh, and Jamie McCarra got paid out as sixth spot. Yeah, that's a long-standing tournament. I haven't been out to the stat there. Carrie, you went out there, right? Yeah, I went out there and donated my $70. <laughs> a good tournament. I mean, he runs shifts, what, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, right? Yeah. But there's, there's no final bracket. It's just more... Yeah, it's just eight-game total pinfall. Okay, and you can play on the scratch side or the handicap, or you can play both, obviously, in the same shift. So you play you play both in the same same shift, but you only can cash once. But oh, gotcha. if you double shift, so if you play another shift, you can cash on both sides. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of sad I missed it this year. I had a, I had a ton of fun there last year, that's for sure. But it was a good crowd out there again this year. Uh, Schneider didn't make it this year. He's usually out there. Lenny Anseth usually makes it, but he wasn't out there this year. I'm no, sure Schneider had... didn't go because I wasn't there. Yeah, probably. He was uh, too busy <laughs> texting you. Uh, but, like, a lot of Edmonton representation. Like, you had Ron Perry. Um, I know Brandon Central, but Jamie McCare was down there. Mike Lacuse was down there. So it was nice. good. Yeah. Gino almost had a perfect game. I think he threw nine stri- nine naturals. He always has one at that tournament every year. Yeah, he wasn't very happy till game seven when he did that. <laughs> but he still wasn't happy. Yeah. No, no. That's a, yeah. He could um, tell you every every frame he had, though, in the first few games, right? He could tell you every shift. Every yeah. shift. What, one of our league bowlers was down there, and she had five sets of aces in the one game. Sue. So, uh, like that. That just, that's bad enough in regular bowling, but in no tap, just makes you want to shoot somebody. Oh, because you think it's good. <laughs> it's going to be good. Just push yeah. the one corner. All One's you need is go. four pins, and it's any four at that tournament. So it's a true no tap. So twelve counts count as well. Twelve. Crazy. What do you mean? Sorry, twelve counts count as a strike. Yeah. Also, you're saying a true no tap is if you knock four pins down. Yeah. Any four. Any what four. happens if you knock down everything but the head pin? It's good. It's any four pins. Crazy. It's just Good like luck. ten pin. Yeah. Ten pin. It's called nine no tap, right? It's any nine pins. Um, there, there's, there's Sue. <laughs> she she was the one. <laughs> yeah, no, Jeff. Uh, Jeff would have shot a puppy or two. Absolutely. <laughs> Johnny said that there was good pizza down there. That's what this. 
Robert's making good pizzas yeah. out of uh, Heartland. So. There's people doing, uh, they order it and pick it up. They don't even come in for bowling. They just want the pizza. Oh, hey, there you go. Turn it yeah. into a pizza joint. Nice. They went from having the uh, the best hot dog in town to the best pizza in town. That's right. All right. Yes, uh, Robert Tompkins also talking about the little tournament up in um, Dawson Creek at Hypertension. Seen some stats from that one, too. I uh, can't remember I'm who won. Hypertension posted it. Yeah, I don't know if they posted that. Just all the Grand Prairie guys—they usually travel over and having some fun and kind of doing some things. It's cool all this time of year, right? There's all kinds of these little tournaments in and around in the areas and fillers and stuff like that. Lots of opportunities for people to get out there and play. Yeah, tons of tournaments right now, just nonstop. Mm -hmm. Hmm. There's like stats for total pinfall. Is they that had one in, last. They had like their cities last weekend too, yeah, right? Like it might have been actually. They've got a good little circuit up there because they did the intercities what two weeks ago, and then they yeah. did this one last weekend too. I don't know, guys. Like you know, these guys are posting. Um, oh, Timmy Sharp, I saw posting. Oldenburger usually posts like some of these guys. Hmm. Interesting. If yeah, there's a link, might, maybe they can send us to it. But we might have to get these guys on at some point and uh, let us know what yeah, the, that's how a good the tournament ran and all that stuff. But yeah, it looks yeah. good. Yeah. Um, we might as well announce it now. We are doing a little uh, wheel of misfortune. Is that what we're calling? <laughs> or no, uh, <laughs> a topic wheel. We're gonna do a topic wheel. We're gonna steal it from the girls. So. Uh, no, no, no. In all fairness, we, we're not stealing from the girls. Let's just clear the air on this before people think that we're stealing from the girls because we're not. The last time, well, not last week, but the, the last time before last week that we had Ty on for podcast, it was his suggestion saying we should spin a wheel full of topics for things of us to talk about. And then the ladies did it the next week. And then we were sitting there being like, well, can we still run it? Are we gonna? Are we going to get, like, told that we... You know, we ripped it off. We're not ripping it off. It was Tyler's idea, and we're sticking by it. It's the first time I've ever been credit given credit for anything. Okay, so Tyler, <laughs> it's up it's up to you to explain what this is about, so uh, we don't screw it up. Then it's in the name. It's a wheel of topics to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. So in the comments, uh, can people please put uh, topics that they would like us to talk about? It doesn't have to be bowling. It can be absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. And we will spin the wheel in the last half hour of the show, and we will discuss away. All the way from Mexico? Is that a Timmy Wiseman comment? Why Why is he watching oh, podcasts he in Mexico? <laughs> uh, I what would say he should... It? What time is it in Mexico right now? Mm, sometime between 7 and 9. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's in the Mayan Riviera, right? I think they're coming back today. Were they not? I, no, From I don't. Moral? No, I think. Oh, okay. So, topic: Why does Tim suck so hard? Okay, that's our first topic. Yeah, perfect. For awesome. <laughs> oh, well, at least uh, 
At least there's honesty there. Two hour difference. There you go. Um, I'm curious about this. Curious about this. I would like to see what this foul you're talking about. It would uh, be foul, but they. Yeah, interesting. Um, let's bring in our guests. Let's do this thing. I don't know if Jarrett's ready in the background. Can't see his face, but I'm just going to assume he's ready. Oh, he's ready. Okay. Here we go. Without further ado, we have, uh, the 2022 Ontario Invitational Champion and the 2023 runner-up. <laughs> Crap. It's just Jeff. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Jeff Young and Jarrett Couchman, how are you guys doing? Good. Good talk, Jarrett. <laughs> My audio is fucked. I can't hear anything. Give me a sec. <laughs> All right. There we go. It's back. First first yeah. time Jarrett never had anything to say. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. No, I, uh, as soon as you guys went into the actual studio, it, like, I lost all audio off you guys, so I was like, just listing off my computer so I could hear you guys. <laughs> That's usually how our podcasts go, so it makes sense. Um, so we might as well start. We'll start in the past. Jared, <laughs> we snubbed you. You won the, the Ontario Invitational, <laughs> and we didn't invite you on. And we're, we're going to put that all on Tim Wiseman's plate. So uh, okay. Can you can you walk us reason one reason one why he sucks? Got it. There we go. That's right. That's That's topic solved. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, who did you play in the final last year? I played Sean. I played Sean in the finals last year. Sure enough. Oh, so Sean. Okay. Yeah. Back to back yeah. finalist. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was a pretty uh, loaded card who I played in the final finals last year. Like last year. So round one, I was the highest qualifier, and I'm like, perfect. Eight people make it. First match, first game, Mitch. I'm like, oh, that's sick, awesome. Ended up having to play him this year too, which was, again, whatever. And then I play Cody, who won it the second year, and then I ended up playing Sean, who won it this year. So like, I played every some every person else other than myself who won it. So it's kind of it was kind of a cool run mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. So that was um, was that. So you finished second overall this year. Right. I think I was third. I think yeah, Jeffy right. was first, and then Dave Berkby was second, and then I was oh, yeah. third. Yeah. Dave Berkby was yeah. second, right? Yeah. yeah. And then Sean third or fourth. Yeah. So, do you guys want to go through? You and Jeff want to go through the format of how this tournament runs, and maybe how it all came to be. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Jeff. Sure. Jeff, I'll let you. Honestly, you off here. like we, we could have had Mitch come on and do this, but we've had Mitch on way too friggin' much <laughs> right? lately. So. Yeah. We'll have you guys do it. I don't know why he doesn't start his own podcast, really. Honestly, again, it, we told him he can have, like, we can run an Ontario one once a week, we'll or it, sorry, once a week, once a month, once a week, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. We're call, we'll call it the Eastern Canada podcast. <laughs> oh, no. no, Central, Central Canada podcast. I like how you guys start saying Central now. Well, it's like you maybe we got, got a little got a bit of crap. Yeah, yeah, maybe we were told. So, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so uh, I guess to kind of give a rundown of the of the format of the tournament. Um, Twenty four bowlers, um, five hundred fifty dollar entry fee. Uh, side pots were six hundred bucks for a high single per game, or hundred bucks for uh, 
high single per game, so 650 into it uh, before you throw a ball. Random draw into two pods. Um, one of the cool things about this tournament is we um, we get the ball in pods named after legends because it's a tournament held in the Hamilton area. One pod is named after a Hamilton legend, and the other pod is named after Ontario legend. Uh, we had the good fortune this year where we got to actually have the Ontario legend pod who was named after Bull in his own pod. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get the bowl with him for the whole tournament, for a whole qualifying. Um, yeah, so we uh, 11 games, match play, uh, total pinfall, and then 50 pins per, uh, per win. And uh, the top four from each pod move on. And then we do uh, playoffs from there. Playoffs for two game matches, total pinfall. Yeah, old CT format wise. Yeah. Oh, the old club tour. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so had, they did it that to, way. I had to decipher <laughs> CT for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. We're from the West. You have to explain. Yeah, us, sorry. us sorry. central bowlers know what that means right away. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. Um, We'll bring up some of the stats here. So this was the pods. Um, yeah, you were speaking of Jim Thorpe there. Um, got got to be a tough loss missing out on making it further in your own pod by one mm-hmm. point. Well, especially yeah. if you look at uh, Game 10's results. He was second going into that match, and he dropped from second to fifth. Yeah. Got jumped by Mitch, John, and I. But it's so tight. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Tight from one to five in there, right? So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough break, but yeah. um, looks like some good shooting there. So Dave Berkby, Jared Couchman, Mitch Davies, John Cowan moving on from the one. And then uh, Jeff Young, Sean Barrow, Nathan Cooper, Kayla Anderson moving on to on the other side. Was there... Was there one person that kind of like standout performance for you in that? Somebody no. that like no, not really. That's the thing. Like the, that place scored uh, fairly tough. I'd say I don't. Know if Jared would probably agree. Uh, um, I, no, I was just horrible. Like there's some games where like you throw like five in a row and then you do like stupid frames. I found a lot of there was a lot of blow up frames I saw from people where it was just like. They'd be on a run, and it would be like a, a miss, like uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic misses. Mine weren't. Mine was just bad, but it was. It it was a. I mean, it was a place where uh, you know, if even if you got the three hundred, you were looking pretty good for a singles pot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I believe somebody said like the high score for the entire tournament was three thirty six. Was that actually really? That was yeah. that was me. That was yeah. No, it was not. <laughs> game one, game one, I had a two ninety one, and I'm like, okay, like it's a good, I got to win. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then Jack, my buddy who I split everything with, this comes over to me, and goes, "You missed the high game pot by one." I'm like, "There's no shot." Yeah, yeah. And I, I missed it by one. It was two ninety two, and then I won it with two ninety three, like two games later. Like, yeah. crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I mean, it, it on the surface it looked like it scored well. It just it played really tough. It really did. Um, lanes were really dry. It almost felt like there was almost like sandpaper, like. <laughs> the balls move so much, um, and uh, you know that that caused some problems too. But putting up but, the top, uh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that's the thing. Like a tournament like that, I mean, you guys would you guys would see it in your invitationals. 
that you run, it's hard for a bowler to, to separate themselves from a field that strong. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's such a good player. So, so, you know, there's, you know, you know, you're, as long as you're bowling, okay, you're, you're going to stick around and nobody's going to run away from you. Certainly. Yeah. And it's also with that type of format, it's just about who you play when you play them. Like mm -hmm. you can get, like I got super lucky in the one game I played John Cowan and I think I shot a 186 and I won that match. Mm -hmm. But I, I also lost, played. I lost to Luke St. George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was mentioning it in there. Something about five head pins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fine line there. Fine line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it unfortunately does not look like it helped Luke much. <laughs> he, turned, he turned things around because I know he won a few in a row. So yeah, no, I mean, it, like I said, it wasn't an easy tournament. The ball and and it's tough too because if you you kind of get behind the eight ball, it. I mean, you don't want to give up, but I guess you can you know be zero and four or zero and five or one and five or something like that, and it's you know you got you got some work to do to save your save your tournament, but. Especially when you're dealing with that much money on the line. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But when you, if you do start out 0 and 4, even if those games were half decent, you mm -hmm. can kind of, you know right. what, you still have seven games. Like you still go on a run. You, yeah. You, you know, you finish your, you finish your round seven and five. You probably have an outside chance, assuming those games are decent, right? Yeah. I yeah. kept telling, I kept telling myself if I, if I can shoot over 250, you know, if I lose, it's not the end of the world. As long as I don't do that too often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, simple as that. I, well, I bowled the game. The scores. Second, yeah, the second last game I bowled uh, Matt Montgomery, and I beat him three thirty two to three twenty six, and um, and I mean in, in that place that's that's a pretty high score. But I told myself going in the tenth frame, I mean at this point it doesn't matter whether whether I win or I lose, you know the uh, the pinfall is good enough. So you know there's no pressure to try and win that game. The extra pins are great, but I'll take a three hundred and still lose. I don't mind. Yeah, that was always kind of the thing, um, playing the autumn open and stuff like that. Even if you shot three and a half or three twenty, as long as you didn't like as long as you get bombed out, like shoot two ten and lose a match, mm -hmm. right? That those yeah. are the ones that hurt. Those suck, yeah. Yeah. But if you're averaging three hundred win or a loss, you're still you're still sitting really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean it was uh it was a fun event. It's um I'd like to say I don't. I know they're kind of talking about next year. I know Mitch keeps talking about see if he can get more bowlers for next year. And and uh, I mean, as long as uh, you know Waterdown keeps you know supplying us with a great venue to bowl in, you know, I, I feel like that's possible. But oh. uh, but yeah, I mean, he's always you know as soon as that tournament's done, he's always moving you know to bigger and better oh. for next year. And you know, yeah. Yeah. was it just um, two people per lane? Yeah. Yeah. So then, how would you do the obviously the the lead off play the other lead off or was it yeah. the guys on the yep. same? You said you yeah. played with Jim Thorpe the whole day, right, Jack? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And so you the had fifth... to play him in the match. What's that? No. Oh, no. he was in the other side yeah, no. of the yeah. draw. Yeah. Uh, fair enough, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So you, you get partnered with somebody from the other pod. So when they do the random draw, it's like basically yeah. one plays with 13, 2, 14, etc. And yeah. then after game five, you guys flipped. So whoever was lead off goes to the bottom of you two. So it's like. Yeah. You get to change back and forth, which is which sure. is nice. Gives you a change of pace, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many lanes do they have? Twelve. Yeah. Oh, twelve. Okay. So if you guys did increase it, you'd probably increase it to like thirty-six. 
Yeah, we. I would feel like we would have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yep. Hmm. Would do you think he would like increase the number of people um, making it to the next round if you guys did increase to thirty six? Yeah, I would feel he would have to. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Probably give top four a buy, and then yeah. yeah, go four from each pod, same way they do it now. Just twelve. Yeah. And then the top three and then wild card, basically. That would make probably the most sense to me. But mm-hmm. his tournament, Mitch has his own vision, right? So, yeah. Yeah. He can I do mean, whatever like, way he wants. I'll still and, pay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, too. And, and uh, I, I know he gets a lot of flack from time to time. But I mean, we're like in Southern Ontario, we're, you know, we're lucky that we have somebody that one is giving us this turn- these tournaments. Like, Mm-hmm. If he wasn't doing this stuff, we wouldn't have it. Nobody would be doing it for us. Oh, so, 100%. You know, and the amount he cares is huge. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, he's got, you know, the next tournament coming up after <coughs> that from him is, is Best Ball, which is a fun event. Um, you know, like, it's always as soon as that tournament is done, all right, what's next? You yeah. know, we're, we're very fortunate that we have, you know, somebody that that is that deep into bowling and cares as much as he does and understands, you know, the tournament <coughs> aspect so much where he can provide the tournament players – the formats they want, you know, and, and, and understand that, you know, let's make this tournament completely different than the other tournament. And, you know, it appeals to everybody in the long run. Yeah. We, we taught him well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I think, I think the amount of shit that Mitch gets has certainly decreased over the years, but he certainly still gets quite a bit out of it. Oh, for sure. And, and it's, really unwarranted you're right ontario is really lucky to have the guy there's few people that push the game as hard as he does especially yeah i mean like we're fortunate we've had carrie out here um and mitch well no it's it's true carrie between wcpt and this you've you've done a lot out here and then uh it's it's great to have mitch on the other side of the country really trying to push things forward to um in different avenues but still um it's it's a lot of work and it's good um, yeah. it, and you could see it, you could see it in the, um, the amount of participation you're getting in like club tour and those things starting mm-hmm. to take off too. And, um, it's, it all, it all, all that work, even though it takes years and years and years, it pays off. Yeah. And, off. and I, I know I mentioned this too with, um, with, with Jeff England and, and running the club tour, but you're running all these tournaments and you're bowling in them. That's really hard to do. It's really hard to focus. You know, any little problem is your problem even if you have somebody in charge of it and, and uh, yep. you know, the fact that, you know, you're, you're potentially sacrificing your own success to make sure that, you know, we have this Avenue to, to compete, you know, it says a lot. Big time. Do we know how many three hundreds were shot? Um, it was, it, Matt's right. It wasn't very many. Probably eight, eight, nine. I don't yeah. know about, I don't know about playdowns, but probably eight or nine. Well, when you're saying like 329 was high. Yeah. There's not a lot of room to shoot 300. That's there. an early yeah. acceptance to know that you're just going to have to, you know, pick your corners and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, chop offs, obviously a ton and just working your way through what's out there. I know, um, I know Jim Thorpe games three and five, I believe it was. He won, uh, he won the high single pot with 311, uh, both those games. Um, I went 332, 322. My last two won the single spots for both those games. So, I mean, there's four right there. So, I mean, probably, I would think there's probably more than 10, but yeah, two, there wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, but you look at the caliber. 
Yeah, you look at that caliber of player though, uh-huh. and how many games you should oh. expect more. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Right. And so then yeah, then, then we're looking at that though. No, yeah, and then we're looking at the we're looking at the uh, like the playoffs, like the the uh, the final the final eight there. I mean, there were a lot of games that got stopped early in game yeah. two. So I mean, there M- would have Mitch would have thrown Mitch would have thrown another three hundred against me. Oh, yeah. There were two yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think my my second game I, my second game we finished in the 7th. So, that would definitely have been another yeah. one. Yeah. Mitch Mitch threw a bajillion strikes at me and I was like, "Yeah, this is cool. All right, I'll go." Yeah. 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 Getting you back from last year is what he's doing. Yeah, he changed the format Pay- after last payback. year, so payback. Yeah. What was the format last year? Um, you highest seed, it was you only highest seed had to win one game. So, I was first, he was 8th, and I shot like a 230 and beat him game 1. So it knocked him out, and he changed the format. That's not why, but I tell him that's why. <laughs> so, I wish he kept the same format. I do too, because I would have. I mean, probably still lost. But <laughs> oh, it's yeah. it was such an advantage of a format. Like mm-hmm. it was, you could you could have a blow up game, and as long as you won the next one, it didn't matter. Yeah. And I used it twice in the last one, but it's it was a different format. But I think this one's probably the more fair way to do it. Yeah, yeah, and and let's be honest too. Like we, I know we haven't talked about him yet, but. Sean Barrow, who won the tournament, I mean, it was kind of funny because I, before we bowl, before we started bowling the finals, he said to me, he's like, oh, I didn't even think I even made, made the final eight. And it was the second, it was the second person out of three that I bowled in those playoffs that said that to me. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a dangerous situation to be in because you got nothing to lose when you didn't think you were going to make it in the first yeah. place. Yeah. And uh, he laid the boots to me for sure. Like, he threw an unreal ball in the finals. Didn't stand a chance, you know. And uh, I mean, kudos to him because, you know, the, the right person won for sure in in this tournament. Because it was looks like his last three games were must have been huge. Looking at that, because obviously mm-hmm. he shot three oh eight the first game against you, and then started off big, and you must have stopped early. Uh, yeah, right. we were. I don't know, like eighth frame or something like that. We yeah. stopped. I mean, I think we were both running out of gas at that point. But and then the game before, obviously against Mitch um, mm-hmm. in the semis, Mitch was up twenty-seven going into the second. Yeah. But then Sean had two thirty-eight, so it looks and Mitch had one fifty-four. So I'm assuming that didn't finish either. Yeah, he, he laid the boots to him there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he must have started off and just ran a yeah. ran a shit ton of them to start mm-hmm. that last game. So, you know, then the games before, um, you know, sort of, you know, neck and neck right there with Cooper. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and it's last, and it's the, last like, mattered for Sean too. Like he's a phenomenal bowler. He just I know he doesn't get out to enough tournaments. He, he's I guess he's starting to now. Mm-hmm. I know I think Jared, you beat him in the finals last year. Not because I'm not right. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I mean, like he's a player. If he, uh, you know, if he gets out and starts bowling some more, some more tournaments, you know, he's going to be a force. You know, yeah, I, forward. Well, he worked with Mitch for like a couple of years when he was in YBC. And he like put in the work and he was, he doesn't do what he used to like then. And it's crazy because he's played, I think maybe 20% of our league games. He's maybe gone out and practiced like twice and that's what he comes out and he does. And it's like, Mm -hmm. if he practiced or put like, had a bit more like dedication into it, it would be, it could be disgusting. Like it could be disgusting. And I mean, he had a run at, I think Timmins and uh, club tour as well. I was going to say, I thought I recognized from club tour for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you see him up there, like you, you know, deer, you get yeah. you get near the. Definitely in red deer, yeah. You yeah. see him in the final four or final eight, and, you know, 
those who know him are never surprised to see that he's there. You know, he's got all the talent in the world. It's just, mm. you know, all a matter of getting himself out there and bowling these tournaments. And he's starting to do that. And he's seeing results right away. So, Do you, do you think the new Ontario Club Tour uh, format is going to see more players like him showing up and getting a potential run at the, the Tour final? Yeah, I think... Go ahead, Chip. Go ahead, um, I mean, I think it won't change him showing up. I think he's going to show up to these events anyways, but I could definitely see... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you said, oh, he went up on a run and made it, but, like, he wouldn't be someone I'd be surprised to see make it. Like, I put him in the same conversation as someone like Jeffy, Mitch, Bobby, Greg. Like, I put him in that conversation of people that you wouldn't be surprised to see go on a run. Like... Yeah. What about think, the best player in Ontario? Do you think Mark Goulet shows up? You know, it's no. funny. He actually bowled a tournament that same day. Um... So the, the bowling center I bowl out of, you know, what I deem the easiest center in Canada, um, Victoria. Mountain, mountain no, 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 mountain Victoria. <laughs> well, that's bullshit. Is this place scores way better than Mountain? It's crazy. Elmira is close though. What? Yeah, there you go. there's a Victoria. wheel conversation. Easiest, yeah. E- yeah, biggest pie house in Canada. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so so my wife, uh, she usually does a. Uh, she, she bowls in a strike 13 fundraiser for, for our zone. And this year, um, I guess due to their lack of due diligence, decided <laughs> they put two tournaments on the same day as the Invitational, even though Mitch put put it out there in August that this was the date. Um, so she had to put in a team together, and she usually puts a team in of herself, me, Mitch, Goulet. And she still asked Goulet, and he said, yeah, he was going to bowl. So he came out he hasn't bowled in a in, you know a couple of years really yeah. and uh she's like oh yeah he a couple bad frames like four bad frames and it was like he never left he's like it was unreal yeah. just it's the way he is but yeah. he did promise me although he said he won't bowl in leagues anymore because he's too busy but he is going to make a tournament return shortly so nice so uh it would yeah. be nice to see him actually play yeah we hear I mean, all I don't know, about him i don't know if you're gonna get him out you're not gonna get him out for any of the western tournaments he's just no, you know no. he's got twins and everything like but, that but and now you got a club tour like mm-hmm. actually being a tour like yep. to see him make a couple of those and all of a sudden he makes yeah. tour finals or whatever that situation is out there that yeah let's talk awesome. about tour tour finals they should have started it this year let me tell you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's me and bob the college we voted it in and you know we should we should be in there this year i, I really Absolutely. thought it started at timmins but unfortunately <laughs> yeah. not yeah yeah, but yeah, I guess in a, in a nutshell, in a nutshell, uh, we'll I think we'll see him soon. It's just a matter of you know getting him out. And I told him I told him on Saturday night. And I said, do you uh, you know you ever want to go out and throw some balls? Let me know. I'll, you know, I tried to get him to start bowling bowling Thursday nights at Mountain occasionally if if we <laughs> could swing it. So said no. To a thousand that. inbound, a thousand yeah. inbound if he does. Yeah, right. So. He's yeah. going to make a comeback. He promised me. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm planning on going back. Yep. And if we do, we should make a trip out to Mountain. Yeah, for sure. Mountain yeah, no, no. is a little tacky. You, you might so not no. want that. So <laughs> no, what you need to do is you need to bowl Mountain one night and Victoria the other night. And then you tell me why Victoria is better because it is. <laughs> honestly, hey, I want, I want honestly, Jeffy, play more lanes. if... If we're going out there, like, maybe Mountain, maybe one, maybe one other center, but probably not. Like, if we're going to go out to Toronto, we're going to go see a Jays game and then do something fun. 
Yeah, yeah bowling's <laughs> not fun. Yeah, bowling isn't high on my yeah my fun scale. Yeah, it's like um, it's like like us when we go bowl duck pin. It's like yeah, right. it's the reason you go down there, but you're really going down there to watch a baseball game or you know. Like, totally. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then also to try to have a westerner win your central yeah. tour. Do we know of other tournament? We know of anybody else from the West going out? We think like I imagine Len and Lonnie and those guys again. Yeah. Yeah. I know Lenny was talking about being making like a big trip out of it, so I think you'll see him. Yeah. I bet bet my boy Ryan Ryan O'Callaghan's gonna come. Now Parker I know I see you guys were there last year, weren't yeah, they? Parker was Parker there? And then or Anthony Street, Carrie Snyder were there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody year. else can message Carrie and ask him who's coming. <laughs> Oh, I'll put it in the group. <laughs> you know, I'm going to boot you from the group again. <laughs> uh, Ty, are you going to go out? Uh, it's tough. Um, I've got a lot on my plate um, with our WCBT Tour Finals being shortly before. And then I've applied for a couple of master programs that will likely start in August. So I don't think I will be able to swing it, um, nice. but who knows with <laughs> life. One less spot. <laughs> I cannot speak for Brad. Um, I don't know. He may go. He may not. I think we'll look at going like earlier in that week and doing baseball games or going with my wife, like bring her out for a few days before and then send her home on the Thursday type of thing. <laughs> well, she's... That's fair. Yeah, why would you torture around? Why would you? Why would you ruin a great week for her by making <laughs> making her watch it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's Getting that's there for four days. Totally I mean, she can go fair. shopping, but that's dangerous on her own. So we'll there's just... there's worse bowling alleys to be stuck at than Nebs, though. Like I, yeah, yeah there's things I to know. do there. That's not yeah, a maybe she'll stay for a day, but maybe not the whole. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she. Maybe I don't know, guys. But my uh, <laughs> my boy so Brett, funny. my boy Brett Sims said he was uh, for August Club Tour. He's bringing his wife and his kid up, and he's like that. Told him, now nah, don't watch me bowl. You got better better things to do. He's like, I'll just throw some money at them so they don't have to watch my garbage on the lane. Yeah. He's he's no going to pay more go. for the kid at Nebs than he is. I told him that. Shifts. He's like, That's... yeah, whatever. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> and, yeah. and Jeff England told me that the mini golf was going to be ready for club tours. So um, that'll be perfect. Mini golf invitational? I could see. I would say, I could see a, some sort of side event being what's my, what's I'm my totally Disneyland? kidding. I'm totally kidding. They said it was like next year and i was like that's garbage get it ready for club tours yeah what's my Do disneyland it. all access pass at nebs for four days for the family hey yeah i need to know an all-in cost for yeah. anything like a wristband of some sort that just like oh and get maybe you in. i'll bring the wife the kids just everything it'll just yeah all i included. mean knowing them they'll probably have something shortly similar to that yeah <laughs> yeah a full day access pass, right? Yeah. If there is any that. version of a golf tournament, I will not be participating, and Dexter can attest <laughs> to how bad it is. <laughs> no. Not a big golfer, eh? It's mini golf. You should be fine uh, at mini golf. We did we did golden tea on Friday, and it was horrendous. Watching him play was like hilarious, and just broke my heart. I hit the ball. <laughs> I hit the ball the most times, so I won the game. <laughs> to say for like for golden tea, like he's probably a little young for that. That's not really in his wheelhouse, right? Like, oh man! And when you try any... to hit the ball hard, he oh, like yeah. cringes. Yeah, like... <laughs> I value my fingers. They're not going into that screen. It's got to go up. 
not yeah, really so. trying unless you punch the screen. Like, yeah, don't we'll give it a little just, extra. Oh. Um, Weber's got one like, in his house, though. He does, yeah. It was a good time. Good. Um, it looks like the Phillies are facing the Jays on that Wednesday. Well, and then they're go. out of town again. So sounds like a Wednesday game once again would have to be the plan. Do they yeah, play the little... Tuesday as well? Uh, yes, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, Saturday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then out of town. Yeah, Phillies, easy dub. Yeah, good call. Mm, totally, yeah. <laughs> Loss of the World Series. No problem. <laughs> Should be a good game, though, and I really want to go see the new stadium. Well, not the new stadium, but the, the renovations. half renovated. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be really cool. Uh, yeah, that new awesome. stadium. Did, Although did my I ever tell grandmother you, was complaining about it. Did I ever tell you about drinking? <laughs> did I ever tell you guys about uh, the one ball game I went to last year? I went to a Blue Jays game last year. I took Michael Weaver from Manassas, Virginia, to his first Blue Jays game. Because you're a big fan. I love the Blue Jays. Let me tell you. So <laughs> let me tell you this. So I won't tell you the game. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll let you guess what game I went to. If I had a known, I paid a hundred bucks a ticket for this game. If I had a known that the game would have turned out the way it did, I would have paid a thousand dollars a ticket. Cause let me tell you the best collapse I've ever seen in sports. I got to witness in person. Really? You, you yep. went to a playoff game? Yeah, I did. That's like, awesome, like last minute he came up for actually, he came up for our, uh, our, Canadian Thanksgiving because he usually comes up for club tour, and uh, I was talking to him the one night. And I'm like, "Hey, do you like see if I can get some tickets, and we'll, we'll hop on the uh, the go train and we'll go to the Blue Jay game." He's like, "Yeah, it's one of the stadiums I always wanted to, to go check out." So I bought a couple tickets, like nosebleed or whatever. Man, it was awesome. And then the best part too is was riding on the go train on the way back, and it got a little bumpy in some spots. And he's like, "Why is the train so bumpy?" I'm like, "Oh, those are just the Jays fans lying on the tracks, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it was super fun being there. Fan or not, it's got to be just it was the, intense, the feeling yeah. of the stadium, right? You know, and the, and the one thing that you couldn't um, you How couldn't you gauge feel, at though, the when thing, everybody was crying around you, though, Jeff. I, I love, I love that. I was, I was the one guy laughing. Actually, no, Weaver just and I were the two guys all laughing. The tears. Yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing. I love more than Blue Jay fans' tears. Um, but the one thing that, that I guess you know, like being there, like. Before, like, that comeback even, like, really kind of got serious, like, it's weird because you could feel it. You know, it was like, remember turning to, to Weaver and saying, like, oh, like, if they can score a run here, they'll be down, like, five, but, like, this is going to happen. And then they scored, and it was like, oh, my. And then they scored again. I was like, oh, my. Like, <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. This is the greatest so, day of my life. <laughs> so just so Ty's falling around, those are a bunch of field goals that they're kicking. Yes. <laughs> I saw – I saw Jeff's bird is red, and I was gone. The blue day is red birds. I don't. Um, yeah, for people that don't like find that find baseball boring, they've got to watch that stuff and be like, "Holy cow!" Mm. Just the intensity in the air. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you bet on the Jays to win the division. <laughs> you, you literally put money down. I mean. And, and no, you know what? We can could condone it because now it's actually legal gambling, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you bet on them to win, so shut it. And he's a closet Marlins fan, if you didn't know that. You know what? 
Mar I Marlins was one of my favorite teams as a kid. I would put them probably third behind Toronto and Seattle for me. Yeah. He keeps talking about being a Tigers fan, but you know, you look at this fantasy baseball team, he's got an awful lot of Marlins pitchers on it. <laughs> yeah. They're pit they're Marlins pitchers for now, right? Yeah. Yeah, they'll be someone they'll be a couple years from now, there'll be someone else's someone yeah, else's 100%. pitchers, but yeah. <laughs> Was baseball one of the topics on the wheel? <laughs> no, we're in that pretty good. Just, so, do we do we do a fantasy league? Do we do a five yeah, PM like live no, fantasy, fantasy league? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when when do we want to do this? Do we want to do this live? Like, okay, next week is a ladies podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do we have anything serious going on the week after? No. Because we kind of need to do it before the season starts. Is what you're suggesting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. can we do it live on podcast on the twenty second? Sure, sounds like a plan. We need to organize who's in it then. Daryl and Ty yeah. need us, some of our audience to help them build up their teams. <laughs> all, all I know is I don't want Tim any part of organizing it or running. No, it. I already told him. He's like, yeah, I'll organize. Like, not a freaking chance. Yeah, no, no way. You are not commissioner of this one. Yeah, no chance. Okay, so book it, Ryan. You're on the pot. You're on the chat. You're in. Twenty second, book it. Tracy or, and Katie. Okay. Tracy, Tracy Katie. Katie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I will play the fan picks because um, I know <laughs> nothing at all. Perfect. You, They're going to throw set... you a couple wild cards, and it's going to be fantastic. You can always set it to auto draft too. Oh, well, and then it's no fun. No auto drafting. There's got to be a website or some sort of a configuration or something. That, that's a little bit of research can be done here, right? <laughs> Completely up to you, Daryl. Yeah. Well, you want to know the most ironic thing? I set up our March Madness bracket at work. Really? Really? Yeah. I sure did. Huh. Auto draft. Me. Yeah, but who's going to win? Who, who, yeah, who do you got winning? Yeah. I don't even know what teams are playing. Well, then you just say, oh, you just went, <laughs> went auto draft. Watch Tyler win like the whole March Madness ESPN <laughs> bracket, nails all games. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's like one in a billion or something if you make it, right? Has, I it, have a has the March of, Madness um, bracket ever been won, actually? No. no. I didn't think so. No. I have a history of taking the first seeds and having them out in the first round. So uh, There's always at least record. one upset. <laughs> you have to choose an upset in the first round. You have to. There's Probably not Gonzaga, one. though. Probably not Gonzaga. <laughs> is that the only Fair. team you can name? Or is it's the that... only one I know because it's the only one that I lost on. <laughs> 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 Um, do we have any more bowling talk, or are we are we just moving on from that? <laughs> we can just move on. Okay. Um, we we don't have a lot of selections right now for the, but we we have some, so it's a it's a start. You know, we can discuss one topic at a time, anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's spin the wheel. Dex, I feel like you mixed a couple. Did I? Um, what do you have? Like YBC shootout. Oh, and, uh, no, it's on there. YBC oh, shootout. On there? There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, twenty twenty three youth challenge. Uh, yeah, we should discuss this. I unfortunately know nothing about it. Really. Me neither. Uh, you Me neither. Nationals. Ty <laughs> it is. Uh... It's in Winnipeg. It is. It's at Rossmere. They are staying at the Viscount. Um, all teams okay. should be set. 
Um, is it online? Do, All their teams may be online here. They're slowly releasing them. I know they've oh, put yeah. out uh, the Manitoba team as the host team. They've announced Alberta and Newfoundland, I think, was the last one that they okay. just posted today or yesterday. I'm interested to see. I mean, Newfoundland is coming off an undefeated win with their team from last year. That's impressive. Um, so it will be interesting to see if they can defend. Tim, Tim Cooper is <laughs> going to throw down the people's elbow. Um, ha, have they discussed um, security? Yeah. <laughs> We've been in Winnipeg recently, and it wasn't the safest place. <laughs> um, so, okay, so Aaron says they leave on the 22nd. So that's coming up real quick. Um, the one thing, I don't know, I, Tim's not here to talk about it, is there's actually going to be a new format for Youth Challenge mm -hmm. <laughs> next year. Right. Yeah. Are, are we allowed to announce that? I don't know. I don't know. Also, that's we 2024. Get... I guess it's not 2023. <laughs> yeah. I broke but the you... topic. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I feel this is the place if you're going to leak it, you leak it here. Nobody ever watches, so. I know I don't. <laughs> isn't it Sean, the, Sean Barrow did like and the, then he didn't get the invite again <laughs> it's like, See ya. consolation side though isn't it like between the two different divisions because right um, now there was a number of teams in the one that go to the championship side I think they're adding a team to the championship round and it's going to be a step ladder instead of a round robin in the championship and essentially the goal is to mimic the open yeah. Um, prepare youth bowlers more so for the open as opposed to just like youth tournaments. So that's something we could talk about with this year is, is there any youth names that you've seen circulating um, um, that you would like to see on an open team? I've for? heard of this Michaela Sanderson person. Yeah, I think from uh, Alberta has got a, I mean, JD Hislop's a, a junior that's going mm -hmm. for sure at Park. Um, okay. But Ashton Sayed. Ashton Sayed is on the team. Uh, and the third boy is Kobe Cameron from, from Calgary. Calgary. He was at bowling school last year, and he's he's got a lot of talent. Um, okay, um, I'm gonna bring this up, and and if there's somebody in Ontario or not Ontario, sorry, Manitoba, that could touch uh, touch on this a little, um, I, I'm just this this was posted by uh, Will Thompson from Winnipeg, and I believe that these were, what he said was, this was uh, the YBC Devils, Devils, um, Provincials. Yeah, that's <laughs> huge scores. Like, this is, this is outrageous. <laughs> like, this is outrageous. I, I looked at this as like, like, to the point where I'm like, how is that, is that, is that real? Like that that's how like outrageous this feels to me. It's crazy. That's almost um, sixteen sixteen seventy five or something like that for Will. Yeah, I, I think I think he averaged like three twenty five and Alex averaged like just under three hundred. Are they twins? <laughs> are they brothers? What I mean they're, I think they're they brothers. are like, they are brothers. Twins. Yeah. They are where, brothers. Where were they where was this played at? A second place average three hundred. Oh, Kyle, what? Yeah. Where was this? This is wild. Like, I mean, at like Polo, really? They played Holy. at Polo. Holy man, that's Cameron Boone's place. Yeah, 
downstairs in Polo Park Mall. Just that wouldn't tell kids to that. I'm like, Victoria. Victoria is the second best scoring house. (laughs) (laughs) Confirmed. (laughs) I I I looked at this and it absolutely blew my mind. Um, Yeah, crazy. Especially when you have a guy averaging two twenty three, and he averaged three hundred. I imagine seniors, or are we talking juniors here? Like, what division? This is seniors. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Will Thompson's played uh, the Manitoba Open. I mean, mm-hmm. Ryan commented here. He's made the cut both years. So, Taryn, no, Taryn Barber's playing singles, isn't he now? Yeah. And and I think he's playing, as I played with Scotty in Regina, and I think Taryn's playing nationals for both, but obviously singles, so he wouldn't be doing this, and then for you, challenge as well. Yeah, yeah Taryn's on the the YC team for sure. Uh, I totally agree, Kyle. Like, I don't, I don't care where in the mm. country you play this. You, you can be playing yeah. this in Bonnardoon. You can play in this in Victoria. You can be playing this in Mountain, and you have those scores. That's you still, still throw yeah. incredible. So, yeah, you got to decide to do that. So, but well, what I, do you I'm tell like, the yeah. kids that came second, averaging three hundred? Hey, you did really, really good, better than probably anybody else in the country. But you came second. You're going nowhere. Like. Yeah. Those scores are disgusting. Like, and second place is nuts for that. Let's be real. I mean, like Manitoba with the young, the young bowlers they already have in the adult ranks, they definitely need some help having more really good bowlers to join them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> like their man, youth that, movement is pretty phenomenal. That Masters but... team this this you know this past year, like I know I've talked about it before. Like, man, some unreal bowlers coming up in that in that area. Yeah. There was an interesting um, survey that I think Five Pin Bowlers put out the other day last week. Do you think that bowling is increased, the level of participation or is increased? And there's, there were some comments. I think, Jeff, you had said something about from a competitive standpoint, yes, but not from a – or maybe it was Jeff England. Yeah, it wasn't uh, me. I didn't say nothing. You know, from a competitive standpoint, yes, but from a recreational, not so much. And it was an interesting – you know, cross section of people that were commenting across there. And I thought it was yeah. a really good survey, but you know, a hundred percent it's the, the tournament level and the, you know, the, the competitive side of five pin bowling, the awareness, the conversation, it, that's up across the board for sure. Yeah. But uh, hopefully that translates into the other general public that, you know, other people are wanting mm-hmm. to, you know, keep the bowling centers busy. I mean, Dex, you're saying your, your center is busy, right? Like it's just, does that yes. translate across? And then people want to, build new centers i mean that's what we need this is a this is an interesting topic i know we discussed this like in the early early podcasts and obviously it's been quite a few or it's been a few years so i think it's a good topic to re-evaluate do you feel that because competitive bowling has increased there's a lot more interest in it that these centers would maybe look at taking the the better bowlers out of their center even if they're not league bowlers maybe they're just live in the local area if they promote those bowlers at their center maybe they do a skills competition or they do something of that sort do you think that would draw attention to the local league players or even the recreation side the people in the area that go to that bowling alley to have a friday night of global to maybe pay attention Mm -hmm. I think if you're getting people that don't want to be in a bowling alley in there, you need to be enticing them with something other than just bowling, which is unfortunate because bowling, yeah, it's fun. Like we enjoy playing it, but mm-hmm. like a lot of my friends, they'll go to a bowling alley once a year and it's a 10 pin alley because it's quote real bowling and I still smash them there. So it doesn't matter, but you have to get them in with a deal. 
Like the only time my friends have ever went, hey, let's go bowling. They've seen a deal on some on Wag Jag or from the bowling alley. So it's about getting the people who don't want in. I think the best way of increasing like maybe the newer bowlers is people that are already bowling, bringing non bowlers on a like a fun league. Like let's say I bring three of my friends out to a fun league. Jeffy brings three people that he doesn't that don't he doesn't know from bowling to a fun league. Like I think that's I how you build the game. Bowl, yeah, so. I was yeah. gonna say like, all Jeffy's friends are from bowling, so it's, it's kind of like how I brought Carrie into our Thursday night league. Yeah, yeah. I didn't <laughs> well, know see now. Now to go on the flip side of like Jarrett, like I don't have the same opinion because the one demographic that I'll say that probably isn't interested in five pin bowling is the college age group because they're more about going out bowl 10 pin getting drunk mm. and doing whatever. Um, but as a former proprietor, I, you know, I, I, and I still talk to quite a few proprietors. They do see larger numbers of families coming in and, you know, not so much for people joining leagues, but you know, they're starting to see, I mean, we were too before COVID seeing a lot of families returning, you know, once a month, twice a month and, and getting those people come back. Um, on the competitive aspect for sure because you know i was just talking to somebody monday night in my monday night league that he was talking about oh i know it's kind of late in the season i'm like hey there's no season in bowling anymore like if you're a tournament player you're playing 12 months a year now the downside of that is there's a lot of us that end up you know we're beat up because of it because we're bowling a lot more than we're used to but i mean if you're extending the calendar for tournaments there's obviously more demand for bowling yeah. Mm-hmm. Aspect anyway. um, for for your first point about open play from our I, I think I think it's really de- just depends on where you are in the country and yeah. all sorts of things too and, and what you offer too because like for, for us we are slammed with bir- birthday parties families mm. obviously but like we're open till midnight and I'm telling you eight o'clock rolls around and it starts turning into a club you yeah. know <laughs> for, it's it's a lot of college kids a lot of like 18 19. 20 21 year olds you know going out drinking beer having a good time with their buddies and yeah it it just it really transitions through the day i don't know whether it's like glow bowling and music videos and all that kind of stuff too but it's something outside of a club that is Mm kind of clubby with some sort of atmosphere and it's probably cheaper than going to the club too but then again we're we're also in shared park where we don't we don't have a club even though we're right next to edmonton people just go to white ave and they or or jasper whatever but Sometimes they don't want to take an Uber all the way there, so they come to the bowling alley and get drunk there too. We we really hit well in in for our market in Elmira with the pre-drinking spot before they went to a bar. Mm-hmm. So they'd bowl a couple games. Everybody would eventually all show up at the bowling alley. They'd all have beer. Once everyone got there, then they'd take off and go to a bar. We did very well in that market on a Friday, Saturday night. And honestly, that's that's exactly what you want. Because mm-hmm. you get to have them when they're, yeah. you know, soberish, and you get them you, having a good time and not out of control. And then when they are getting out of control, they get out of your hair mm-hmm. somewhere else. You, you had an interesting comment there, Karen or Carrie, about um, the the marketing the people and the individuals. And is there a push? And I wonder if that ties into Kyle Young's comment about, you know, YBC needs a bigger push. And what is that mm-hmm. whole answer? But is it professional? affiliation and recognition of all these kids can look up to being the next Tyler Titcat. They can be the next Gino Zbarth. They can be the next, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, like, was, that was what, kind of my thought. It was like, yeah. you go to a golf tournament and the only reason you would go to like 
say the PGA Championship, you would go a couple days early, is because they literally have clinics where the professionals put on a clinic before the event. Tiger Woods striking the golf ball for 34 minutes, right? Like they they do those promotional events for the local players or the audience that are coming to watch that whole tournament for the weekend. Obviously, our sport is not nearly on that scale, but you got to look at the sports that are in the same realm, right? Individual mm-hmm. sport like golf is very reminiscent, right? Like you can compare the two relatively easy. So now what are they doing that's growing the sport? What, how does that apply to our sport? Mm-hmm. I so, wouldn't mind running like a, a summer thing, August or something. You know, we're fortunate that we have three three um, pro league teams in our center, and we can even include the Bonnie Dune, the Bonnie Dune ones yeah. that need a bit of a an advantage. Um, they can come and join us for a day, and <laughs> but yeah, we need to have like a yeah exactly like an exhibition thing, and then yeah we could do some trick shot challenges and stuff like that, and then open it up to the public to come and watch and something like that. I think that'd be really neat. Well, I think in combination with you know WCBT tour rankings, you know those things that are coming up here. You've added that recently. Uh, I saw Al Paquette did a mock club tour rankings. You know, NBT's got their rankings. So there's definitely enough statistics out there to sort of, you know, get behind and to market some of these players. So I'm thinking here, how does this all parlay? But you have to do it as a annual, um, you know, campaign, not just one and done, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's got to be prolonged and continuous and measurable and something like that. But I think there is some professional affiliation with some individuals, and I think obviously we're on the right track with the tour, with the 5PL, mm. you know, partnerships, maybe, you know, Bull Canada, C5, like, hey, guys, what's the big picture here to, to how do we market our game out there? Yeah, one of, my, one of my biggest gripes that I have for our sport, and I, I mean, I've, in the last, even in the last month, I've talked about it with numerous people, is the, the inability of our sport to promote current and past stars and even to the point for future stars we don't do a good enough job um i always end up going off on a rant about um how our ontario hall of fame is 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 done and you know you have to be 50 years old to you know to be eligible to get in and it's just like we're waiting until these people are generally not bowling or not competitive anymore (laughs) and and the argument that people always bring up to me is like well baseball they wait 10 years after or whatever and it's just like they don't have a problem with promoting their stars. We do. We need to find a way. Like I just remember seeing so many bowlers where it was just like someone told me, "Well, that person's a Hall of Famer." And be like, "Oh, would be great to see him or know about them when they were, you know, performing on the lane." And I, I think that that really needs to kind of be addressed. So my only thought on that is is. Do you promote them using a Hall of Fame status or do you promote them doing like maybe a level of excellence or something that is more, to me, a Hall of Fame is your career is over. I get what you're saying, Jeff, is how do you promote that player when you want them to be watched? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Hall of Fame is the right idea, but I, I would think there's got to be something that you can do to promote all those players across Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are the elite players, the top ten or whatever, and then you blast it, or you C C five does something for it, or I don't know. Jeff, do you remember? Do you remember when they did like Flutie flakes for Doug Flutie? Yep. 
what, what do you think about something like that? Like a like a, a cereal box. I love you know cereal. you could do it. You could maybe throw some coupons on it. You know, so it's actually funny. <laughs> I actually refrained earlier from talking. I was gonna ask when we were when we were talking about certain tournaments if if I was still able to pay for TBC registration with cereal coupons. <laughs> so, yeah. Collector cards. As soon as you said Flutie Flakes, I knew where you're going with this. <laughs> Carrie, jump back on the. You're talking about like the the PGA, like pro clinics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why not take 2023 Youth Challenge? Obviously, it's a little late at this point. Take your top five Winnipeg bowlers and do the pro clinic there. We used to do it with WCBT, the Tour Finals, right? But those events are drawing in your already competitive adults, and you're asking the kids to come participate. Yeah. This one is going to have the kids there. It's going to have their siblings. It's going to have cousins, family members visiting people who live, do it at YBC Nationals, do it at YC Nationals where, you know, if it's traveling from province to province every year, you can take the top five Winnipeg bowlers, top five Manitoba bowlers that are willing to commit a day, you know, the Thursday when all those teams are practicing or the, their flights are getting in, do like mm-hmm. an 8 p.m., whether it's skills competition, a clinic, a pro chat, whatever it might be, like, why don't you flip the script there? Yeah, yeah I like that, great idea. I think mm-hmm. the skills competition to me would make a lot of sense. Like, I, not... I know back in YBC, you'd always play like Mark 10 or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't it be neat for those YBC kids that that's what they're learning or that's what they're progressing through to see professional players also compete in those those mm-hmm. practice sessions, right? I think I like, I like the, the only thing they'll carry is, and, and tie is like that's before a national competition. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if coaches and players would want to go in not that it's a gimmick or a clint or doing a clinic um you know you're preparing for a national championship and if me if i'm playing i just want to go in i want to get some reps in i want to play my own game uh-huh. but i I'm love sure that we'd be playing though right like you wouldn't have to do a clinic with the kids the kids would watch the clinic right right you do an hour hour clinic mm-hmm. session of these professionals playing these if you want to call them sure. games or whatever Sure. Whatever the thing is, right? Yeah, maybe not playing with them or trying to get them off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like the fireside chat idea, you know. Um, okay, how about go one step further? Why don't we do something like 10-pin? Actually do a pro-am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you got a bunch of, you know, pro bowlers there and you have a bunch of youth bowlers have like a pro-am where everyone in that tournament, you know, as a side event, I mean, logistically that might not be easy to do, but <laughs> gets paired up with, with a pro and they, they bowl an event, you know, yeah, on the side. Great ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, I know 10 pin, like P, the PBA has, you know, they, a lot of success running, running their pro-am tournaments, especially with the kids. Yeah. They usually hook them up with uh, the house leagues, right? So mm-hmm. your house league, they would play like mini tournaments. And yeah. that in your mini tournament, if you won, you got to go play in the pro-am. You get hooked up with a pro player and stuff like yeah. that. And they play for money. It's not just no, laughs and giggles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, before we switch topics and all that, some wise men just just no colors associated with it. <laughs> oh God. That's it. That's fine. <clears throat> um, well, I just want to touch on this. Yeah. Um, I'm I, I'm assuming it's pro expansion is really not in the cards. Not next year. We're kind of at capacity right now. Um, 
There may be teams yeah. switching in and out due to what teams are doing themselves, mm-hmm. but yeah. the league itself won't be expanding, I don't believe. I think, yeah, I like you said, we're no, no, the we schedule is impossible at yeah. 24 teams. Could you imagine expanding? Yeah. Yeah, we got to stick status quo for next year for at least having two years of the same number of teams to sort of establish a schedule and a working kind of combination of things. Um, but I do see relegation coming next year. Not likely this year. I mean, we can't do a relegation halfway through and relegating a team of a rule standpoint. You know, that's kind of unfair. So it would be a first right of refusal for those teams into next year. And anybody down, then we'll figure it out. But there will be a relegation format for the following year. And I could see a, 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 an instance where there'd be four teams potentially changing the following season. Yeah. Right. You know, it'd be a play-in format, and we we bantered about this the whole time down to Regina. We've talked about it many times, guys, about what how to do it. But I would love yeah. to see like, like, yeah, like the, I think it's world. Is it the World Cup or World, world Juniors or something yeah. like that, where they actually have like a relegation match? They play, and like, winner stays in, loser goes out. And I just I just think that'd be wild. Yeah, I do. I do like a relegation tournament of some sort, and we are mm-hmm. you know expanding on what it looks like, and maybe it's a. You know, a, a three-game tournament, a three-game qualifying with your own team and crew, establishing a score. So the bottom four teams going, and this is getting ahead of ourselves here, way. But you know, you bottom do, four, loser plays on. So you just <clears> if you keep losing, you keep playing. And if you're the last team that has no yeah. wins, you're gone. See you I later. You go bottom four teams of the league, two in each division, into a relegation format. Four new teams go in. So now you got eight teams in a, in a pool. Out of those eight teams, you got to play some sort of a format combination between all of you, and then you do a step ladder, and then you work your way, or somehow doing that right, like <clears throat> opportunity for the teams that are getting relegated to still earn themselves. Like, no, I can still be in the league, and then teams getting in to prove that you need to be in, and just come in and shoot your thirteen hundreds, fourteen hundreds, and then and then get in, right? So, yeah, for sure, this is a year ahead, or potentially. Going into next year, any like you said, any teams who are changing or dropping, you know, we haven't even put that ask out to teams yet. Are you in for next year? We're not there yet, right? But if if I was one of the bottom four teams, I'd put a team in for the following year, and then when my team gets relegated, I'll just move everyone to the other team, and then I just keep bowling. <laughs> On to you, bud. <laughs> uh... Thanks for putting that out there. We we heard uh, Victoria Lanes may not be able to hold a team. So <laughs> Victoria Bowl. It was funny. I, I I was uh, I was talking to Mitch Pape, who's a co-owner. I, I work with him now, and we were talking about it today. About he's like, oh yeah, we should put a team in. I'm like, we would be allowed to have a. T- I, my my split spare percentage is higher than my pitch out spare percentage in that place. There's no way. <laughs> really? I'm not even. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. It's Dude, crazier I, there's, than Holy Rollers? It's crazier there's, there's, than GP? <laughs> there's, there's nights where I, like, there was uh, my my last my last week of bowling in our Sunday league last year. I went uh, split spare first game, seven bagger. Split spare, split spare, five bagger the next game, and then started on the front seven the last game. Just it's stupid. Yeah, that's just like you the ball, and it's just like ah, that's a spare. That's a spare. I know I have it. Like, don't you have to look? Yeah, uh, it's wild. Get get a kid on my team. Spare to split on uh, on Monday night. I was like, yeah, that that would be pretty exciting for me too if I didn't do that three times a night. <laughs> um, yeah. so I'm gonna ask the hard question. 
Is it certified? Yeah. Yeah. That's so insane. What is it that's different that allows that to happen? Oh, I don't know. Like, uh, I know they're Mendez machines, which are notorious for, for getting kickbacks. Um, I, I will say that when the machine maintenance is kind of lacking, it's not, it definitely doesn't score as easy. Um, and then we laugh at uh, nine and ten. It's a twenty lane center uh, split, split center, and uh, nine and ten. We call it, it's like Chop City. It's crazy. Like you can you can bowl a four game set and have, you know, a dozen a dozen chop or twelve counts in four games. It's crazy for whatever mm. reason that set's different. But but yeah, I mean it's been like that for years. Like you know what I mean? Like I was, played there once and it was two thousand and. Two, it was 2000. It was 2000 Nationals, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it was my... Fun fact. Sorry? You want to know a fun fact? You weren't born yet. <laughs> I was born in 2000. <laughs> oh, were you? Oh, okay. yeah, I, I was. I was one years. I was one year old at, uh, in 2000, so... Yeah, so you weren't yeah. playing in that Nationals. Good to know. No, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I think it was 20, 2018 average 290 for the full year. Um, last year I finished at like 285 and, and then this session this year, I'm 292. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I know I'm a good bowler. I'm not that good. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I'm getting, a, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little bit of help there. I know that for a fact. Yeah. That's crazy. That's all. That, yeah. yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Carrie, bring it up. Hey. So we, we had a five pin universe ranking change. Um, yeah. and, and like I, I've I've said forever he's going to take it from me, and he did in Regina last year too. Yeah, right. Ooh. He did in Regina last year too, so that's that's good. Um, I'll see, see if I, I can take it back in Red Deer. Coming. I did. I did say last year that's like I have a good opportunity in Red Deer to make some points back because I have very little points in Red Deer. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be my goal again this year. But Tyler absolutely so, deserves that spot. That's awesome. So uh, how many? How many move on? Please say fourteen. Uh, this oh, no, is this five pin new rankings. This doesn't mean nothing. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like the <laughs> tours. No. I, I just seen somebody sitting at fifteen and I don't wanna I don't wanna see him <laughs> bowling any more than, than he has to. <laughs> now that's obviously and I'm sure everybody's wondering out there, is that that's a tour if you have your tour card, that's your ranking? Yeah. Or no, that's that's build? anybody that's played in the tour events mm-hmm. period. Okay. That's in the last five years. That's yeah. Every player that's earned a, a single point based on the WCBT points, but you don't have to be a member to get those rankings. Yeah. Right. Do they got give it. out pity points? Is that why, was that why Tim's got points? <laughs> Everyone's feeling well, a let's, lot see, let's, let's see, let's see where Tim's at. Yeah. T- Tim's 15th. 15th. I know where yeah. he is. He's at 15th. That's why I asked if only 14 move on. Uh, that's probably reminiscent from his 2016 autumn open championship or 2018. It, it's running out of points. So he might be sliding yeah. down here shortly. Um, so it's based on a five-year scale, twenty percent each year. So, mm. like Mitch won one hundred and seventy points in Regina this year, obviously. So next year they'll be worth eighty percent, and then it keeps. So you have to keep playing well to maintain your points. <clears throat> so obviously Dexter, Ty, Mitch, myself, Adam. Adams hasn't played a few events, so he's starting to tail off. Um, Greg Grazzi has obviously been super solid. So and Sly was so good last year. So. Mm-hmm. That's how you maintain your points is by continuously yeah. playing well. Oh, Derek, Derek Horn in 17th. I'm going to have to remember to give him a high five for that one. 
Can you reach? <laughs> Make it work. Yeah. You know, you know the, the question begs is, like, when do all the guys in Ontario, the Sean Barrows, um, you know, get points? The guys playing in the rural tournaments and the pro league sort of stats, you know, combination, how can you start calculating that into a global database for what mm-hmm. the actual rankings are because this is obviously subjective to the western yeah for sure yeah. Tour so events, you, right? you so i'm asking have, the question for all yeah. the central people and easterns out there how do i get on the list you right? have to find somebody that is smarter than the average bear to figure out how you compare events to events mm-hmm. um fields to fields centers to centers like it you wouldn't be able to do center to center i don't think it would have to be field to field and you'd have to figure out like, I feel the, like the club tour or the Ontario Invitational's field is limited. How does that compare to a Regina Classic that has 299 entries? How do you compare the two fields and how do you how do you give them proper projections, I guess, based off so of So I feel like if you're going to do that, like including like the Invitational, yeah, it's a standalone event. But you could also do like the high roller for TPC, like all the high roller events. You can incorporate yeah. those. So you can maybe come up with a separate not separate point system but you go okay main events are xyz and then they're like high roller events get a different point scale but they get their own respective points so so you you put two different things in so if you look at um disc golf they've they're fairly they're not a new sport but they're a newly professional sport so they've built out um there it's called a projection system it's not a point system okay so projecting on the field if this player finishes first this is what their percentage to win would be and that's how they get ranked their percentage of play in a field and then that's how they do all their projections and their ranking system i think that's probably a better route for five pin as well because the point system like you said if so if adam weber doesn't show up bradley ticket doesn't show up mitch davies doesn't show up we have a chance yeah you win that tournament (laughs) Yeah, sure. Do, should you get the full projection? Probably not. Mm. So you got to base it chess, on the field chess as well. points. Yeah. Do it like a chess point. So if you play X, you get more points for winning, less points for losing. So like, let's say some, Joe Blow comes off the street. He plays Mitch in the first round. Well, Mitch is a super high level. Joe Blow shouldn't lose 10,000 points because he played Mitch. Again, very random number. But if Mitch loses to him, he should lose more because that guy's never beat anyone ever. So maybe mm-hmm. like a chess ranking, maybe that could be even a, a way you look at it of yeah. this is your level. This is your jump, jump, jump. And then it's yeah, just grandmasters. Not, <laughs> not every event is a match play event. So then how do you how do you compare, right? Like there ranking. has to be a projection system. Yeah. I mean, the concept, I mean, it'd be great, obviously, I mean, to figure that out. But logistical uh, nightmare. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. we can obviously do like, like the said, Westerns with like the WCPT stuff with a club tour. You could definitely put mm-hmm. those two together relatively simply. But, but then, yeah, you would have mm-hmm. to do because the club tour doesn't have as many events. And if you compare them evenly, like there's so many points available at the WCBT compared to club tour. So then you would have to do a ratio system for them mm-hmm. to make it level, right? Like, because you let's say Mitch Davies never comes out to another WCBT event. And he wins a couple of club tour events, but maybe Adam comes back and wins all five events or something. Where would you put 
Mitch Davies versus Adam Weber because they're not playing in the same events. They're not playing the same fields. Like, you, you, there has to be a way to figure that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, for now, I know we'll I'm not smart enough to figure that out. Yeah. For now, we'll just you know debate the rankings of the. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is what we got. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm gonna put a takeout here for the rankings of your the five pin universe. If Mitch is playing Red Deer, I don't know what his plan is for it. I, my pick is he's gonna be number one after Red Deer. That's my guess. That's my that's my pick. He's gonna no, jump from three to one. He can't. He can't. Well, oh, he can. You're right. Sorry. I would have yeah, he's to not see... losing money points from the last Red Deer event. And no. I don't think he's done well at the other Red Deer events. So Yeah, I think the previous three years, because they would have been 2018, 2017, yeah. and 2016, because COVID Red Deer lost two tournaments. Um, I think Mitch finished like a third when I won. He probably has quite a few points that he's going to be losing from year three, four, and five, but I would have to look deep into it to figure that out. But yeah, you're right. Like if Mitch wins, there's probably a strong possibility, but if Dexter and Tyler finish in top four, maybe not. Because Dexter, like he said, he doesn't have very many points at Red Deer either. So, mm-hmm. right, he'd be gaining more than maybe Mitch would be losing. Mitch just wants to be the top of every list. That's it. That's his. Yeah. Well, he's, he's working his way up there if he mm-hmm. didn't miss Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that tear is a brutal thing. <laughs> Um, do we want to bring up the WCBT stuff, I guess, then? Yeah, we can do that. Sure, let's do that. While you're pulling that up, I should just shout out, like Tracy mentioned yes. here, they want to appreciate them, or appreciate everyone contributing to their women in bowling. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you want to send them in a video, you can still do that until midnight tonight. Yeah, today <laughs> is the last day. Um, so Mitch is number one in the WCBT rankings. Yeah, he's had a phenomenal year. Yeah, player of the year so far. Uh, Derek Holmes still sitting in spot. Matt Harms obviously having two great back-to-back tournaments. Uh, Colton's been super solid all year. I've been lucky enough to play really well at Autumn and play solid in Regina. Dwayne's there. Ryland, Tyler. Greg's been probably the most steady player there is. He's top of the midfield, yeah. as they would say. Yeah. Uh, Gary Baird has has one good tournament. Robbie has one good one. Dexter has been making cuts, but only has one run deep. Yeah. Um, Lenny's kind of the same boat as Dexter is. Yeah. Yeah. Just need to have a decent heritage. Yeah. There's you a lot of guys. The numbers behind team. though, like yeah. they're gonna have to make a decent run too. It's it's interesting. It's interesting looking at that drop off. Yeah, like anybody that obviously finishes second or or wins has a really good shot at making tour finals. But if you don't do that and you're say you're below Tim, Tim or Danny, it's gonna be tough to crack. What is it? One seventy, then one thirty for the winner, and then second is 170, then 130? Uh, it's 170 and 145. Yeah. Okay, so 170. I mean, obviously, you win that. Anybody on that anybody list. Anybody wins a tournament should be at tour finals. That's and kind of anybody the way it's set gets, up. And 130, though. I mean, even if you get Ryan O'Callaghan with a 130 on there, because you count three out of five, he's up to 185. He should be in, depending yeah. on what Dexter Yeah, does. we were kind of discussing, like, Greg DeGrazia's number is probably the number you want to shoot for. Yeah, the 165 so. number. 
Yeah, that's fair. Because you'll have three guys from below the list that will likely play Serdu. Well, well, not likely, but so you go yeah. 170, 145, then one. Honestly, I think, yeah, I think Greg is the guy that's probably, like, in my mind, he's pretty safe, I think. Yeah. I don't think, I think Gary's 145 alone probably doesn't make him in. Yeah. I think the cut's going to be somewhere between that 165 and 145 mark. Yeah, I think so. So you're 170, 145, and then 130, and then what? Or is there two One 130s? Fif- 115 is, is there, the next so one. There's not two 130s, so there's 115. Okay, so that's in the final four places at Regina, at Red Deer, right? Because there's a final four bracket? Yeah. And then what does the next people in the next bracket get? So say fifth through eighth. I think uh, what we're saying, Dexter, if you finished eighth in the second last bracket, you get 57 and a half or something like that. I, I think that was. was the number from last week. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. So 57 and a half, even for an Adam Weber. So you're thinking that at least one of those top 12 will likely be into the top four, right? Oh, let's play the odds. Top 12, maybe two out of the four spots. So you're really looking at two other guys moving, moving up and, you know, so there's not a lot of, so maybe you're two guys on that list that may not make it. So I'd say even higher than that one, that Greg, Greg for sure. But then if you have three out of the four in the final, then you've got chances of three new ones if you got, you know. Yeah, yeah but you, I... you like you look down at, like, if Sly, Sly has mm-hmm. two solid ones. If he has, like, a, a a fifth place, he jumps Greg. Sure. Yep. Right. Uh, so, yeah, no, Greg's 65. Fifth place is 57 and a half. 65 well, no, plus. I, eighth is 57 and a half. Oh, okay. Fifth so you think is... fifth is maybe more, like, 90 maybe? Yeah. If you give me one second, I can actually find that out. Yeah, so what's fifth, sixth, and seventh? So then you're thinking like, okay, out of those top six spots, top eight spots, how many of those top 15 are going to be top 12 are going to be in the four out of the eight, right? So this is some debates we can figure out down the road, but yeah, sort of how I would, that's sort of how I'd start looking at the cut. Yeah, those last three, those last three, I think, are the ones that are going to have to do some work to figure anything. Or so Dex is... Dex is shooting for a top eight. Yeah, so fifth is a hundred, sixth is ninety, seventh is eighty, and eighth is seventy points. And then mm. after that is like there's ties, right? Because they're pods. So then it's like sixty-two and a half for two places, fifty-two and a half for two places, forty-two and a half, thirty-two and a half. So it drops off fairly fast after that. So if you make the 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 final eight pod he gets 70 points no matter what so then that puts you 70 points let's say 165 is a mark so anybody above 95 so sylvain so yeah i would say you'd have to be in tim or sylvain spot if you're making that final eight if you're gonna get top four then you can be a little bit farther down but yeah, fair. Like your Danny, Bradley, and Nelson. And even a guy like Schultz down there, right? He's only played one event. Justin Langrock, they've only played one event, so they have to play a second one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not in anyway, so. Yeah, they technically wouldn't be. If they didn't play again, they wouldn't, but wouldn't be eligible. Their but their top eight doesn't likely get them in. 
no, they would need a, a top top, right? Just because top again, two. the likelihood of those people that are that you know twenty spots above are all coming to play. I mean, we don't know that, but most of them are likely coming to play, and they could could better their scores. Do we know what the record is for points in a year? Like, what our our highest points total is for well, player let's, of the year? Let's take a look at it. So this year, obviously, three sixty two fifty. Now, obviously, we're having a fifth tournament this year, too, so that changes everything. Oh, yeah, well, we're taking true. three, right? Oh, player of the year, Ty, sorry. Give me one second here. Um, so last year's player of the year was 267 for four tournaments. That was Lenny. Wow. Um, Jerry, you guys all came out to Red Deer last year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was Mitch... Bobby, I believe. Yeah. yeah, a good amount of a good amount of us came. John, Ryan, like it's Red Deer's a fun one to go to. Um, it's definitely one I look forward to. If I can get out there, it's always one because you don't have to worry about weather as much, which I yeah. ran in, I've ran into twice now because I wanted to go to Winnipeg and I was like, the weather's ridiculous. I'm not flying out for this. Like, but it's Red Deer's a really good one. Like, I just I like going to that one. It's fun. I mean, obviously, I made a cut out there the first time out there, so gives a bit more motivation to go but it's that's a really good one especially for ontario because the flights are generally pretty cheap to go out i find in may because you're missing so all the travel so you guys are looking at coming out again this year i i'm looking i know nice. i think cody's looking i think i think a good amount of people are looking but it's just a matter of the logistics because flights have gone up from last year right everything's yeah. gone up but flights hey, Matt, have gone a bit more Matt houston said he's he's thinking about it oh nice now yeah. you going to edmonton or calgary uh, Edmonton. Okay. Yeah, Edmonton. Because you can fly, I think you can fly Hamilton to Edmonton, but you can also fly Toronto to Edmonton. And pretty close to both. Well, I live in Hamilton, but I'm close to Toronto. So it's nice. not that bad. Yeah. Owl. Owl. Big Owl's in. Yeah. Jags, baby. Jags, um, baby. So, Ty, answer your question. Adam Weber for four tournaments was 437.50. That's impressive. It's a good Dexter year. Dexter had 370 for three tournaments in the COVID year. That would be the next Tyus, probably. He got robbed. Love it. Good to hear. Adam had 352 in the next year. Or, sorry, 355. So, yeah. As the thing, as the tour keeps growing, too, it makes it harder, right, to project. Because now, like you said, there's best three out of five. Where in priors is best two out of four. The very first year, it was just total points. It didn't matter how many tournaments you played. Keeps so that's evolving. The, so that's the exciting thing for Southern Ontario, and I guess you know potentially Quebec in the near future, for us because now we have something like this forming. Where, like we were talking about earlier, maybe it's going to get more people to come out. But it's a conversation that you guys are, we're all having right now. If it didn't exist, we wouldn't be talking about it that we're finally going to be able to have that conversation as well and see like point total wise who stacks up against who, you know, at least in this, in this pool anyway, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it would be you know, pretty good because having, like we get a lot of the Quebec bowlers that come to bowl our tournaments because it's, you know, within striking distance and, yep. and they still have the ability to also do Timmins as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's a good gauge that something we've never had before where, you know, I've had conversations with people who are like, Hey, what's that all about? Like, that's kind of cool. Like, how do we get into that? And you know, maybe maybe this is is where we need to be too to you know to be able to have these conversations you know moving forward. 
so this is kind of what I was thinking. Like way back in the day, we we're always going to reference baseball, but there yeah. used to be two separate leagues, right? And yeah. then they would have a world championship. It, it's still formatted that way for whatever reason with baseball. Well, what, but well, what would you do in the case if someone was was in the top of both? Right, and that's where we run into the issue: is what if Mitch Davies? He's not even on the list for the, what would have been a club tour one. He's not right. even on the no, not even no, on the wouldn't have been. Which is cra- I think it's crazy. Like that's mm-hmm. crazy. That he's not but there, he would right? be the prime example, right? He, oh, 100%, him and Greg, yeah. him and Greg play depth. everything. So yep. well, they would probably be the two guys that would be on both lists. Yeah. What would you do with their situation? I don't know. Make them declare. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. 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 Just go, hey, which one are you going to root? If you're on yeah. both, who are you going to play for? And then... Make them choose, or in the beginning of the season. So that way, for you guys, if you did it that way, you guys can go. Okay, there's two more spots because Greg and Mitch aren't doing it. <laughs> yeah, the WCBT is clearly easier. Hey Al. Yeah. See, that just shows how many how many better bowlers we have. <laughs> yeah. 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 We think we're all good out here, out in the West. I mean, Mitch Davies can win our tour, but he can't. He's thirty seventh on the club tour. Like, yeah, his wall doesn't have nothing but club tour event championships yeah. on the wall, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's probably just gotten sick of it, right? So he just doesn't try anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I guess we could always just go look at like the C five Open Nationals and see how many like men's team titles have won across the country over the last thirty years. Oh, and maybe oh wait, they already did that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, maybe determine on, like, who might be the better place. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I guess that's one way to do it. Oh, yikes. <laughs> no. So this has been a great podcast, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone? Just try to take the bait, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, nobody's yeah. lighting there, right? No, well, no, no, I'm, no. I'm withholding any opinions since, you know, <laughs> I, I don't bowl that stuff, so. So, Jeff, you got to let us in. Obviously, there's been some comments. What's on your wall behind you? Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> your new wallpaper. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you asked. See if I can just, you know, maybe pull one of these bad boys off here. Here we go, right here. <laughs> oh, what a lovely <laughs> 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 a second here. I just want to make sure everybody can see this. <laughs> Wow. Look at this idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's the same face he makes when I ask him a question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he I've noticed he makes that face a lot since he got hit in the face with the broom with the broom handle. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Team not Tim. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Um yeah, do you have any last topics we want to talk about? I know we only spun the wheel once, but I mean, I'll, I'll ask you guys a question. With our the tour in Ontario starting up, does that entice you guys to come out to a second event? I know the second club tour runs into your open. into your qual- open qualifying, but yeah. do you look at something like what Greg and Mitch do, where they go Timmins Regina back to back, or would you want it to be opened up to more events for you guys to maybe think about coming and doing more events to sign up for the tour and support it in that way? What would it take for you guys to come out and do that? So if if that second club tour, because I know there was talk of it, is changing to a week earlier, then I would absolutely consider it for sure. Um, the January one. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nebs is definitely high up there. Um, that's probably going to be one that I'll go to regardless. Um, as for Timmins, um, honestly, it's going to depend for me, I think, where I'm sitting on WCBT score points. If I'm sitting... If I'm sitting good after the first three, like in a really solid position, then I I might make my way out of Timmins. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for the aspect for Timmins, like it's, I mean, Al does such a great job, and yeah, he and, does. and Midtown is is you know like the perfect host for for a tournament like that. I mean, you got uh, uh, Daryl Daryl Gochase, you know, he sponsors and, and he's manager the Holiday Inn. It's literally shares a parking lot with the bowling center. Oh really? I mean, yeah. So you don't like you're literally just walking across the parking lot to go to the bowling center, and it's just like I don't know. There's just, it, that tournament hits different than than the rest of them. It's just so much mm-hmm. fun to go bowl. So it's definitely one to put on put on a on a calendar, you know, just just for the the uh, the atmosphere and the enjoyment of bowling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've always talked about going to it. It's just how do you how do you take the extra. Yeah, it's two a tough, three days of travel, right? Because mm-hmm. it, even this year it was notorious. There was lots of delays and stuff like that. So we we got a pre plan that those extra couple days need the charter plane. I actually funny thing, Jen, I looked into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is not fucking cheap. No, it's not. no, it's deep pockets. It's like twenty three, twenty four grand, and that's yeah. one way. The E5 won't buy a bus, but now you buy a friggin' plane? Get out of here. Uh, I knew that's where you were going with that. And an hour or something like that. Um, Al, if you send e-checks, you don't have to worry about mailing them. <laughs> for, so for, me, for me, for traveling, I mean, obviously getting older and, you know, not being able to go everywhere, but I would probably travel to a second club tour once it becomes a Canadian-wide tour. And the reason is because I would choose which Western ones to play. And I don't necessarily would always do the autumn open because it's a Thanksgiving and it's a family. You know, maybe there's a Vancouver or there's a, sorry, the, in the mix in the September, you know, does it become a 10 event national tour? And then you got to go to three or four of them or maybe 10 aggressive. But you know what I mean? Like there's already five right now. It's there's going to be a point aggressive, where, right? right? There's yeah. like going to be not aggressive. You know what I mean? So then then I would start to pick and choose. And I may not go to, you know, Regina. I would go to Timmins, right? And so I would pick and choose. So that's where I see that my second one out east would get, right? That just Mm -hmm. is is officially moving to a national tour where it's all one common combined that. What if we kind of like... Or five years down the road. Yeah. What if we took like, uh, going back to golf again, take an idea and like having, you know, maybe... Maybe four four tournaments in a year. It'd be tough to do, you know, tough to designate. But four tournaments in a year where they'd be considered majors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you have like okay. say, you know, one in Alberta, one say Manitoba or Saskatchewan, one Ontario, maybe one in Quebec or whatever. Spread it all out so that kind of has the the idea that it is a a national tournament for everyone to show up. You know, maybe the prize money is a lot higher or the entry fee is a lot higher and, and you know, it gets pushed to be like the majors of, of the year. Yeah. And all the other tournaments, you know what I mean? Like you, you can't expect, you know, the, the Western Western bowlers to come out to Ontario all the time for, no. you know, say five or six tournaments a year. It gets expensive. And same with the Ontario bowlers. Like the, like guys like Mitch and Craig, I, I, 
just don't I don't know how they do it. You know what I mean? Like it, they do it well, by it's, making money. I, I make, it's money. not easy. But, but I mean that's that's one part of it too. But I mean like so like when I bowled Duckpin in 2015, I played played six out of the seven tournaments. And yeah, sure, there was a money commitment there, but it was the time commitment. Whereas, like, as soon as you're done bowling, you already have to plan for the next one. And if you don't have anyone going for, with you, it's super expensive. And you know what I mean? Like, it, it just like the commitment to that is crazy. Mm -hmm. So to expect you know a large population of a bowling community to do that is is you know I'm not saying it's impossible to ask for, but it may be a bit much. But if you can have say a few tournaments every year, I mean, everyone gets geared up to bowl. Mm -hmm. the open nationals or masters nationals or whatever like why can't we have the cash version cash tournament version of that where we have you know say four throwing the number out there four tournaments three yeah. tournaments or whatever where it's just like yeah these are the these are the big boys you know you're gonna go that you know you might win 20 25 grand you know if you if you win that's gonna mm -hmm. bring the whole country out i mean mm -hmm. that was a great draw for for club tour where we've had you know a presence of of western bowlers we've never had before yeah because it was going to be such a big tournament and it was in a great venue and that just appealed to everybody i mean i would imagine that's what appealed to you guys to come out 100 right? yeah mm -hmm. so 100%. i mean it's just like it's like the perfect storm it had all the the right ingredients for you to come out but we could recreate that maybe three or four times a year and then have people that make that commitment to come out to to say the majors of, of bowling yeah so you, like you could compare it to tennis right you have the majors and then you have the the 1000 mm. levels the 500 yeah. levels the yeah. 250 levels right yeah i mean it's still all part of the pga tour but you have you have well, the four majors yeah. Yeah. even the stettlers even the vegervilles even the water downs even the those things right like you mean yeah get rid of the no taps yeah those aren't <laughs> we can't but there's still <laughs> other tournaments and all the but, yeah. yeah for sure I, get it I, sponsored by an airline yeah the air yeah, can and the bowling tour and then maybe that's also how you can you know easier have an easier time um you know figuring out like a national ranking you know if you've got all these tournaments you know they can be worth x amount of points and then your majors are worth so much more yeah. and knowing that the majority of people across canada are going to bowl in these tournaments that might be a better gauge to to come out with some sort of national ranking yeah 100 mm. percent like it to tell you the truth like looking back and building the wcbt or combining the wcbt events because that's literally all we did we didn't make anything right the, yeah. these tournaments mm -hmm. are already set mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's make them work together and build a tour out of it but like that is that's the end goal right is to get to a canadian wide tour where these players like it's never going to be anybody's job at this point in time and i don't think five pin bowling is headed in the right direction in order to make it that mm -hmm. because we know ybc numbers are way down and how do you promote that but but you make it where like you said they could go to four majors a year or they could go to where it's viable to do that stuff that that's where you, we need that to happen if we want i think the sport to survive but mm -hmm. just yeah, my thoughts i would say i feel like the competitive level of bowling is there. The desire, or the the need for it is there. It's just, I guess, a matter of putting it together and it, and just making it happen, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. From my perspective, I just need travel to not take three days, and Canada would be so goddamn big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, that's, that's the great thing about like when you bowl duck pin, right? Because like 
they always have like they'd have six or seven tournaments a year. Half of them are Maryland, and the other half are Connecticut, Rhode Island, which is basically you know an hour's drive from each other. So I mean, like for them, they can bowl a full a full calendar of say six or eight tournaments in a year, and they're only traveling for half of them. You yeah, know, that's awesome. and then for them too, they can hop on a train and drive and and go that way. Yeah, well, that helps too. We can't we can't do that, but no. Well, you can. Via takes a, a while. A, yeah, and a month. It, well, it's not affordable. Yeah, You know, it's interesting that that you know the dollar values and the entry fees. I mean, you guys just played in a high roller for five hundreds. You know, we're playing. It's thousand bucks to play entry two shifts plus this. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if money is really a factor anymore. I think that people have more money than they used to have. Um, interesting take, but I do, you know, just the, the incomes and the people they're spending their money. Like we're, we're getting 299 people out to a Regina, you know, tournament, you're getting 24 players, you're getting full entry fees. So I, I mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's side pots. There's, there's, there's money out there and people willing to spend it. So, you know, Ryan said, you know, $400 major. I don't think we're that far away from at least a $300 tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, a regular cash tournament field. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think you're going to drop the numbers from two ninety nine down to a hundred. Like it's going to, no, people no. are going to pay because they want to be in the mix. They want to play. And then again, going back, to, it's not a lot of money anymore. And mm-hmm. that you know, some to some maybe, but the sum is a very smaller portion of the competitive group than it is more. I mean, what's the number of the repeat entry, the re-entry players? One point seven. In Regina, I think it was over one point eight. So you're 200 plus 200 plus your singles pots plus your four, your 225 pots. So you're 600, $700 in entry fees. You know, yeah. Like it's not, um, sorry, but money's not necessarily the issue for, for people, the deterrent anymore, right? I, I think so, the travel is the major issue. Yeah, the, the really travel is the travels one, like Tyler said, the time when you're going is a lot. Like for, I was supposed to go to Regina and I had book, I had Wednesday to Monday off. Like that's a that's five five seven, five to seven almost seven days because by the time you're prepping on the Tuesday and you're back you're really getting back in the swings you're taking a week for sure. a tournament and the right and I agree with you the money isn't that big of a thing but if you do six events and you three shift and you make three cuts you spend a lot of money in grand scheme of things and unless you went on a run like Mitch did in Regina you're losing money in the year so the money isn't necessarily an issue but it's a it. That, those people that are fringe players, like I'm, I'm a fringe player myself, and they wouldn't deter me because I want to win. But some people might go, that I might be out for that because now you're taking time and adding more of an increase. Whereas I agree with it, but I think I think the money's still an issue for some people. Like I think at least small, younger people. I, th- I just think it's a smaller percentage. Of, a smaller of percentage, that, but younger yeah. people who yeah. aren't maybe working in a full-time $100,000 yeah. a year job, it's harder to come out for these events. Like, yeah. Or how about if you're in a in a household where there's two of you bowling, and your entry fees are yeah. your entry fees are doubling, doubling right? For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's a thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think I think though I think it's heading the right way of the tour of a national tour eventually in a couple of years. I think it's headed in the right direction for that. So it's I'm I'm excited to see what happens for sure. Mm-hmm. A couple of great ideas for sponsorship. And yeah, it, it is all about getting the right contact and the right people and the right conversation. And 
and then looking at a $50,000 sponsorship and where does that money go to? Is it something that you can use towards direct marketing? But then what, like, what's the end goal of this money? Like, what are you going to do with a big sponsorship? Like, what does it get you? Uh, an airline, a WestJet, what are they going to give you? They're going to give you a discount on a flight. So it's a 5% discount. They're not giving you a 50% discount. Mm-hmm. No, you know, no, absolutely They're going to give you a hundred grand. Well, what are you going to do with the hundred grand? You're going to, you know, equalize it out against all the players coming to tournaments. Well, you're not going to do that. Yeah. You're going to use it for marketing. Okay. Well then now it's going to take, what's it going to do for you? Two to three years to five years. Like it's just marketing. There's so much, yeah. There's so much that goes yeah. into it. Like I think, if we were to do something like that, you'd want to model something like the UFC. The UFC has like a million pro- like main sponsors. It's like this is the main drink sponsor. This is the main alcohol sponsor. This is the main X Y Z. Maybe not a hundred grand, but you go to just go, hey, you're going to be our main air airline provider. Ten thousand dollars. That's a random number, but you could go drinks. You could go to so many different areas of, and we're going to try and promote this amongst our bowling community. And bowlers are very good at supporting products. Well, yes, it one of the huge huge in numbers but you could maybe instead of getting one massive sponsorship you could break it down into 12 12 smaller sponsorships and then maybe work into bigger sponsorships for bigger roles i think i think the one the one aspect that we really need to kind of touch on is like it's it's great to you know want to go and find sponsors but we have to find you know value for the sponsors which mm-hmm. sometimes is tough and you know budgets are you know probably a little tighter than they used to be today than they were yesterday. So, I mean, like for somebody like say like a WestJet or whatever, like, are they going to benefit from being a sponsor? Probably not, you know, like they're not going to go, they're not going to, they're not going to gain very much from, from, from sponsorship. It's got to be give and take, right? Can't be just take, take. We we approached WestJet and the main reason we got an answer as to know they weren't willing to, um, step up at this time is it wasn't an international spotlight and it, that was the thing the main thing i was going to bring up is that like i always find that to be tough because like they like cornhole is a big thing right now right and everyone's mm-hmm. going on about oh you know cornhole or curling or whatever that could be us it's like but that is an international game that's played yeah, but, we're not we're not but, yeah but like we're a heritage sport it's it's a it's way bigger than 10 pin is in canada like there's got to be a market for it you look you look at australia so not australia you look at ireland hurling is the biggest sport in ireland who here has heard of hurling right (laughs) it's 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 a singular sport that is massive at just in ireland but it's the biggest sport there is and it's covered like crazy with tons of sponsorship and it's only there yeah I'd, I'd like a you know a fifty thousand dollars sponsorship to hire an employee, and then that employee has a full range of responsibilities, right? That's Marketing. that's what that role would do. Like that's well, <laughs> you do. Well, I, I think you, your first thing when you get that, if you get that type of money, is you need to look at infrastructure to make streaming more accessible for more lanes. Like you know what, Regina does an amazing job, and you know what, I watched some of the stream back of the Invitational. It was great quality, but there's only two lanes or four lanes at max. It's about being able to showcase the most amount of players in lanes at once with a good quality. And I think that's where that money would have to be invested first, would have to be put in the camera work, the people that are going out there. Like the infrastructure is huge. I think mm-hmm. that is where you, not we lack, like we do with from where we were to where we go every year. Like there's definitely growth. I watch a lot of the streams. It gets better, but it's about making it the best it possibly can. So someone like my parents who watch, my mom watches a, tournaments when i'm not there but 
she will be like, oh, the stream wasn't that good. It would kind of was unfortunate. You want to make, you can't be having that if you want to be making it a mm. big, like projected sport. And that's where I think our next, like the next looking is, is infrastructure and making it the best we possibly can. Yeah. And, well, and if that's the case, it's going to, it's going to come down to some on the center too, because the biggest thing that mm -hmm. holds back a lot of the infrastructure is just capacities for bandwidth. Yeah. Right. So that, mm -hmm. that would have to be a requirement for some of it. But that being said, you know, when we get a major sponsor, we would be able to get equipment and, and make that happen. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Like there's things that we could do really easy to make all of it accessible. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know like like talking about watching bowling streams, I watch a crap ton of 10 pin bowling streams like. You know, I've got a bull TV membership, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm watching on YouTube all the time. And, you know, like, I, I think like the five pin you league has it right where there's commentating. I would absolutely love to have, um, you know, something set up like championship bowling or bull TV where they have a qualification and they have, you know, like Regina as well, where it has like the nests for every, for every pair mm -hmm. of lanes where they can center on a couple matches or, you know, a couple moments in a match or, or qualifying where you literally have somebody sitting at a, at a table away from the bowlers that's commentating. And that is their job and, you know, fielding chat, you know, conversations and getting people engaged. So they want to stay and you want to keep watching. Cause let me tell you, like when it comes to the 10 pin shit, I will watch that shit all day long. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and as a five pin bowler, you know, uh, you know, a, a pure confession here, you know, Regina being on, I watch a little bit of Regina. It's like, oh, Bull TV's on for 10 pin. I'm going to watch that instead. And I'm a five pin bowler saying that, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm watching my friends and then saying, nah, you know, I don't want to watch them anymore because I'm way more engaged watching the 10 pin stuff because I have someone talking to me the entire time. And, you know, I can go get up and I can go into the kitchen and grab something to eat and I can still at least listen. Or I can have a conversation with somebody or sit on my phone or sit on a laptop or whatever, and it can be background noise for me because I can hear what's going on. I can hear if there's a big moment instead of having to watch the full time. Yeah, but the that's, same that's... way that we watch baseball. You know, right. you watch baseball, yeah. but you're not always watching baseball, but you always know when something big happens. I have like mm -hmm. seven games on at a time, and I'm flipping, yeah. waiting for certain yeah. players, certain yeah. moments going on, and, and, and that's how I watch baseball. Yeah. But as you say, that's their job, right, Jeff? Like at yeah, and that's the problem. Their, right? yeah. their job on a weekly yeah. event, weekly mm -hmm. is to, that's is to go and do that. So that's what I'm saying. If that grant money or sponsorship money yeah. came in, that's somebody's job. Like their would... their annual roles and responsibilities are to do all of these things, mm -hmm. including go and get more money, right? Turn that fifty into two fifty. That's their job, yeah. right? Yep. So, so this this is the, the infrastructure, yeah. This is also the problem with Regina. Like, I love that they have 16 lanes of coverage because that's unreal. Yeah. But mm -hmm. once the event is over, you can't rewatch it. She's gone. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's that's the sad part about it. And there's got to be a way we got to figure out. I know with Nest, you can do recordings and stuff like that. So maybe that's something we'll work on in the future with them. But mm. yeah, I think I mean, that, like, that's the way to go. But for myself personally, like when it comes to like commentating or, or, or anything like that like i would totally myself do it i feel like i have enough personality and I, I definitely can talk about bowling that i would do it except the one problem i want to be bowling at all these events right so, <laughs> yeah exactly you know what i mean like yeah. If, I'm the same way, Jeff. Yeah. yeah i mean if i was hurt or something like that and i couldn't bowl 
hell yeah, I'd you know pack up all my shit and go to the lanes and, and sit behind a laptop and, and literally mm -hmm. commentate for the whole week. I would totally do that. But we just need to find you know that same individual that is able to talk about bowling well enough. And let's let's face it, the ones that can talk about bowling are generally the ones that are bowling. Um, yeah. You know, but have that conversation of in depth. You know, with the sport. You know, understand who the personalities are, and and you know, like know like, hey, this is a good matchup. These two guys are on this lane, and know to go there and talk about that, and, and mm -hmm. talk about it with knowledge. But it's hard to find that individual. Um, you know, I, I'd I'd like to say we're there. I, I think we could be there if you know, like the we're able um, to do it. Um, Jill brings up an interesting point because that's mm. hundred percent is a broker. And that's what we need. And I'd like, love to talk to somebody that yeah, you're right. 80%, 85% is better than for sure. So there, there has to be a market for brokers that go and get sponsorships yeah. based off the viewers. I mean, we know that YouTube, how many views we've had, I think it was what, four years or something like, you know, or the, the number of viewers like the subscribers, like where's that, where's that next level of broker that does that job? So next? that that's how curling got big is that they they got a broker to go out and find the sponsorships and it, it blew up curling and then they actually took that same that same broker and i believe it was bowl canada that used them and it well, just the wrong people <laughs> it just didn't pan out it I did like not you know, pan out the same like interview companies that do that like they like give me five brokers and then let's interview these brokers and see what they can do for us. Obviously, like a, a you know an injury lawyer, they don't get paid unless they get you get paid, right? Type of thing. So what's like what's the maybe there's a small retainer, but who who are these brokers that this is what they do? Like, like that's their specialty is to help streamers. Yeah. Like what who does this job? I think whoever you find or whoever does this or gets a broker, they have to keep in mind that it's a Canadian market. Cause I think that's what happened to C5 is they got the same guys that got the do curling and they hit it big because it was an international sport and they, they nailed it. And then mm -hmm. when they, when they looked at five pin bowling for the C5, they said, well, it really wasn't viable for the market because it was on such a smaller scale. They were looking at millions of dollars and they're like, well, for the Canadian game, you, let's say you only get 200 grand worth of sponsorship. That's big for five pin, but they were looking at the big money side and they said, no, that's not worth our time. Right. That's yeah. where C5 ran into the issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I like Jill's. He says he gets several emails on a regular basis. So that's, 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 I think it would be good to get, send somebody to go and work for us yeah. in that job. We've all tried to make contacts. We, we obviously have a number of sponsorship with the five PL with the, WCBT with the five pin universe, right? Um, you know, we're not talking 50 grand or a hundred grand. We're talking some reasonable numbers. Maybe the companies that we're dealing with have some more money they'd like to invest. But again, what's the value and the win-win and all these things? It's just, there's a lot more that goes into us. We all have regular jobs that we try to, you know, do and keep this busy on the side, but there's a big world out there that we could definitely go after. I mean, I think growing in like maybe social media side, I think a big thing that like all of us <coughs> need to be looking at, like, again, I, I mess around with TikTok and YouTube all the time, like not seriously, but I try and I mess with things is a big thing is clips and shorts on YouTube. I think might be a way of growing accounts on it at least because I post like random shorts once or twice a week and generally five or 10 subscribers randomly. So like, I think maybe that's how you could grow it of 
look at our subscriber rate because then you said the live stream on YouTube. That's great. But if you can get to a certain point where you can be making your own money separately from these companies, that's that's where you can actually start doing something where you go, oh, look at this. We made $8 on this live stream, which, yeah, isn't a lot of money. But it's $8 more than we had before. And that mm-hmm. can go towards buying the guy who ran it a piece of pizza or like getting, okay, now we can get some volunteers out. And then, oh, we've upgraded the product. Oh, now we're getting $20. Now we can do like, it's slow, but you can slow burn it while also looking for the big, the big fish. The little fish are just as important at the starting scales. So I think that's another thing maybe looking at wise. Yeah. 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 Twitch too. I know that uh, there's a couple of bowlers out there that are streaming to Twitch, right? Yeah. So maybe not, it's... maybe not streaming bowling to Twitch, but they're streaming other things to Twitch. And John it's Callen. easier to make money that way for sure. Uh, Twitch mm. is definitely an easier way to monetize um, your streams than it is for YouTube. Yeah, well, I know, YouTube. Right? Like, let's say I know for um, so for like our our Victoria uh, Pro League that we've like Mitch Pape used to Twitch stream our Pro League all the time, and he'd get American people all the time on there watching. Mm. You know, and they'd be like, "Hey, this is kind of cool. I've never seen this before." So I mean, maybe that is an option. I used to watch it. I used to watch it all the time. I was like, "Oh, this is fun!" Like just watching it randomly. Mm-hmm. And because it comes up, it can come up on a recommended. But another one also would be TikTok live streaming because you can get random amounts of numbers of yeah. just. And I see ten pin live streams on TikTok all the time, and I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. But there's no commentating. There's no reason why, but it's different. And people might click on it to go. I'm going to watch this for five minutes, and maybe you get someone for five minutes that gets hooked and go. I want to watch this. I'm going to subscribe to Five Pin Universe. I'm surprised to WCBT, and they. I don't know. I it's, and it's an idea. Right I started the five pin you TikTok and then oh, during COVID and then it, it died off. But I need to be better at it because you can. You have to get to a certain number of subscribers first to do start start doing live streams yeah. and stuff like that too. But, Hundred. Yeah. But you got to make it which, like a job, right? Like, like exactly. Like, uh, Jarrett, your your word of yeah. the day is jam. Jam. Uh, raspberry jam is the best type of jam. There we go. That's the best <laughs> you can come up with. Well, okay, you gave me a <laughs> random word. That was a weird one. Well. I, is that not a random word you get on Twisted Tea every day? I've never had jam before. Oh. <laughs> it's a new, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. I was. I had a peanut butter and raspberry jam sandwich today. Where did you think I was going to go? Like, come on. I thought you were going to go somewhere like yeah. somewhere like there was a ball jam on five and six. No, there were, that was seven and eight. There was a ball jam on seven and eight. That was brutal. See, he's using, he's using yeah. jam now. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, Mitch and I are playing, and he goes, "Yeah, we're gonna start putting more balls on the lanes t- if you uh, if your ball's not coming back quick enough." I'm like, "I'm waiting for my ball, thank you very much." And then he threw like a million in a row. Didn't matter, but <laughs> should just know what he said. Oh, I didn't have <laughs> any hurt, more. Would have hurt, hurt less. Would have hurt less. Carrie, sh- should what we is- start start doing our own live streams as well, and then uh, and then but mic ourselves up, mic'd up segments the whole time. Let's time. get that. Let's get a mic'd up segment at a Thursday night league. Event. Or start imagine, yeah, start, start twitching your league. Uh, there's some conversations that happen on Thursday yeah. nights that can't be shared. There's some <laughs> conversations in every bowling event, <laughs> even yeah, on a podcast. That should not be shared. But yeah. you know, yeah. Sam Sam makes the comment there too about the footage from tournaments. Hundred percent making videos, and that's the plan with pro league and the stuff. But honestly, it just takes time. It takes time and having to go and re, you know, recapture those things and having to splice them, to cut them, to edit them, to make them right, to make them good. And there's a quality factor. I don't want to just put out crap product. You want to put no, out absolutely. quality product. So, again, this is where it comes into a job. This is something that, that has a digital marketing, has an ability that I can do this, that can do this, that can do this. Like I did a, 
Yeah. I did a uh, I did a YouTube video when Elmira had a uh, um, club tour, and all all I called it was five minutes of strikes, and I just went through um, our mm-hmm. our live stream of of the tournament, and I found every single bowler, and just took a clip of them throwing a strike, and just mashed it all together, and it it was one of my best my best viewed videos because. Well- you're getting a ton of people wanting just to see strikes, right? Like that's how long that take you to do. Uh, it wasn't that long, actually. Yeah, I mean, maybe a couple hours, but but I mean, it wasn't well, that's any, not bad, actually. It yeah, wasn't yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, that that video was great. I that actually put like ten sticks onto my average when you posted that video because I watched Goulet strike probably like a hundred times. I'm like, yeah. what does he do? Yeah. And then I looked and I was like, I think I can copy that, and I can't, but I came close, mm-hmm. and it. Like my game elevated by watching people, different people throw different strikes. Because you go, what did he do here? Yeah. And it was, it was actually, it was a really good video. <laughs> yeah. I think it's tough. Like I know for myself, like I, I mean, I've done, I, I tried the YouTube, the YouTube channel thing, and and I know, like I've got a ton of ideas to do it. I think it's just the, the idea of having a camera in your face and looking kind of stupid for a while. You know what I mean? Like walking around a bowling tournament. Like there's a few times where like, like I was going to do it for Timmins. I was even going to do it for the invitational where it's just like, man, I I'll bring a camera in and I'll just film myself and I'll do like, like Brad and Kyle or the house bowling type video. And like, just, just run with that. And it's just like, ah, it's so much work. I don't want to be like an idiot. You know, like everyone looking at me like, look at that guy. He's got a camera. Like who's he think he is? You know what I mean? Like, I think you need to get over that. You know what I mean? Like that, that phobia of being that person. To be fair, Jeff, I followed your channel and I was interested in when you're doing your car. Yeah. You're driving. You're driving. But then you stopped it. And I was like, when is it coming out? Maybe I'll bring it. Maybe I'll bring it back. Maybe I'll bring it back. Well, you are averaging too many. So I think people want to see this. So you could stream that average. I can. I mean, no, because then you guys would see that I'm really not that good in stuff. It's just really, it's really easy, and you know what I mean. Like, me but, and Carrie decided that we were gonna do a Brad and Kyle thing too. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. yeah, start recording videos. So I recorded, and I went and picked him up. It was like, here I am picking up Carrie, and then that was it. Yeah, <laughs> he never uploaded it to the thing though. You never uploaded anything. I don't even think yeah. you recorded yourself. One hundred percent did. Oh, did you? I mean, still I, have the video. Yeah, let's see. I got it. Prove it to me. I'll, I'll look for it. So Jen, Jen bought me a camera for it and everything. Like you know, I got, I got all the stuff to do, and it just was like, eh, just there's that phobia of being that person walking around with a camera in your face, and like I see people all the time, like doing like, you know, like their uh, their video chats and talking on the phone, and I'm always like looking, I'm like, oh, you just look like an idiot standing around, like just put the phone up your ear and talk to them like a normal person. Like I say it all the time, I'm like, and I don't want to be that guy either, right? Like just walking around yeah. with the camera, like, hey, look at me, right. you know, I'm a freak. What are you doing? Oh, uh, I've been bowling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, yeah, it, it's weird. I mean, like, I'm I have no issues in front of a camera. I have no issues talking clearly. Um, but it's in a bowling alley. The last thing you want to be doing when you're qualifying or trying to qualify is worry about making content or recording anything because yeah. you just want to be focused on the shots. You almost need somebody with you that's mm. not bowling to record it to be able to be like, hey, tell me about this, and then you can you don't really lose the mindset, but when you want to, the last thing I want to be on when I'm in a bowling alley is my phone. It's the last thing I want to be on and that's, or a camera or anything because I don't need to be distracted. But if there's someone else, maybe it's a bit more feasible. Mm-hmm. Like if you like, uh, Carrie and Dax, you guys said you were going to do something like that. You would have to do it. That one shift Carrie's bowling. Dax is going to go around asking people's questions. Next shift Dax bowls. Carrie does the same thing and you flip it. 
and you guys and maybe you do it that way. You need two people that aren't one not bowling, one bowling that mm-hmm. have knowledge of it. I think maybe to make it work. Yeah, I have, sure. I'm gonna bust it back out. I'm gonna just for you, Carrie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna, come I, spare on a I Thursday. Know, I don't know when I'm gonna. I, I mean, I'm gonna be there almost every Thursday from now on, so I can. Yeah, come spare. Come do a Thursday one. I'll, I'll try to do a Thursday at Mountain, and then I'll do Monday at Victoria, and then we'll you know be able to see which mm-hmm. house is easier. To dispel yeah. myths, Mitch's myth that mountains easier because it's not. It's definitely the more lands is easier. No, it was easier. It's, it's easy now. Easier. I think. Yeah, I think. It, I think it's great scoring there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna do it. Carrie, I'm gonna do it for you. I'll ring that bell, Jeff. I'll watch. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> uh, I think this is where we'll wrap it up, guys. This yeah. is actually really good. No, like it, was, it was really good. We were supposed to do an hour and then banter about other things, and then we went to youth. Challenge 2023, and then we got to this, and we are Spenters. an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> so we did good. Perfect. Mm. Um, once again, Jeff, obviously great bowling. You become yeah. uh, clearly a great club tour player. Can't wait yep. till you come out west again and uh, play constellation events with me. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll, be, that'll be like old times, right? Uh, I'm in. Jared. I'm in. Congratulations on you win last year. Sorry it took Thank a year you. to get you on, but ah. n- nice to have Early you. Early than never. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, watch 5PL this weekend. A short day for the home hardware division and a super long day for the Cargill division. So should be fun. Bombers and Dream Crushers are both playing. Not each other, though. One game each. Yeah. You guys play at 10 o'clock. We play at 12. Or we you at 2 games. No, we both play at 11. Yeah, that's the two-game week. Yeah. Oh, you guys play two? So do you. No, we don't. Hey, no, we don't. <laughs> we play one. Well, game. then uh, you better talk to Steven because he screwed up your graphic. Then. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I we only play one game against Misfits. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Then the graphic is wrong. Okay. Well, but I haven't I haven't checked in organized the commentators and all that stuff for the weekend yet, so okay, we'll figure perfect. out all the how that's all going to work. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see everybody. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Have a good week. Thanks, Thanks. guys. <laughs>